welcome to the Saladcast on Saturday, the 9th of February, 2013. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Robert Kemp. And Zachary Burgess. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. You guys had coffee. We did. Well, the Instant only one that coffee. matters is Rob's. <laughs> we've, we've well documented Rob's reaction to anything. <laughs> Food, water. <laughs> Somehow just putting things into Rob makes Sunlight. him go crazy in a lot of cases. <laughs> Sunlight. Dubstep. <laughs> coffee doesn't even have any, like, uh calories or anything to keep you going does that apart from uh, it's all good <laughs> it's all pep no energy is that right does it give you any energy at all not really i think so it's well it was on qi recently that apparently like the, the caffeine effect is actually when you first start drinking coffee and start having caffeine actually there is no effect other than oh, you know, right. in terms of waking you up and making and making you a bit twitchy when you it's first like, when you first start drinking it oh. you end up Building nothing but dependence. Right, okay. So actually... I thought it did give you a boost at first. Yeah, maybe. And then after a while, you're just getting back to the level that you would have been at had you never drunk coffee in your life. Exactly. Maybe that's a a theory. Yeah, Yeah, I think that's the deal. Yeah. So you end up needing it to get back to normal rather than giving you a boost. Exactly. Don't know about that, though. I still... I drink out a lot. And when I do, I still feel... Jitteries, I can't even concentrate <laughs> sometimes. So I did that earlier this week. When yeah. I got like I had like three in a day, and that's, that's bad news for me. Yeah, like, if I ever do, I can't, yeah. can't actually. One is bad news for you, apparently. <laughs> Less coffee going on in my new uh, place. We've got the same coffee machine, but it's not. It's not um, plumbed into the water system, so you have to fill it with fucking water. Oh, that's not so good. God damn it. It's like <laughs> a home coffee machine. Yeah. It's, not, it's, it's like a giant home coffee machine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we have to put, fill it with stuff. I don't know. So, yeah, coffee. But I only had instant coffee here. So and That's fine. Old milk and no sugar, because I never buy sugar, because I always have what, black What coffee. form of instant was that? Uh, I was just... Um, was it Nescaf? No, I think it was just Tesco or something. Tesco? Well, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Oh, okay, because well, because uh, like we've well, got this theory, you know, we, I'm a bit, we're a bit spoiled at home because no one like put me on Dow Egberts, which is lovely. What instance? Yeah, Dow Egberts. Oh, is that good? Lovely. Maybe I should get some. Even goods. the decaf is lovely. Okay. It's like it's, 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 it makes a smoother, creamier, slightly less on the bitter. Okay. It's like to my taste, it's not. It makes a great latte. That's interesting. Um, <laughs> Welcome to the coffee cars. Yeah, coffee cars. <laughs> the oh, no, no. But the thing is, is like because I'm so used to this smooth thing. Like on like other coffees, and I like especially Nescaf. I'm a bit oh, yeah, it's a bit weird. And then then I remember, oh, it's Nescaf. I'm at work, right? Like that's is it Nescaf or Nescafe? Nescafe. I don't know. I just call it Nescaf because Nescaf is cooler. It makes it sound commoner. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Nescaf. Nescaf. Give me some Nescaf. That's what it is. Is Nescafe is basically the bog standard coffee it's like when oh, someone yeah. thinks of instant coffee the nescafe taste is the baseline for coffee exactly and they get dials from buffy in in their minds or whatever, uh, yeah. those ridiculous adverts uh i'm the coffee man you know those weird i don't know what the the brand is i know it's nescafe but it's the posh brand where they have those little bullets the different colors and you put them in these special machines to make espressos oh, or something right and yeah. it's like all um, advertised by George Clooney or something. Is it Dolce Gusto? 
Is that theirs? I don't know. I think it is a Nescafe thing. Anyway, apparently those are really successful and make loads of money. They do. It's like, what? It's, it's a ridiculous it's profit. A dumb market. idea. Because right? it's obviously a giant rip-off where it's yeah. like they're selling those tiny things for ludicrous cash and what? it only makes like one cup or whatever. Yeah, it's yeah. like printer cultures. But yeah. still, it's like, why would you buy that thing knowing that you're going to get fleeced like horribly? Yeah, don't buy it for yourself. You buy it for other people. Oh, I see. <laughs> they're stuck with it. It's fancy dinner party stuff. Yeah. yeah. But actually, you know, they don't, they, they, they actually, or is it Tassimo? Is Tassimo? Yeah, that's one of them. That's one of them. Oh, right, okay. But so, a whole they, range of these are people. Of course. As soon as one person did it, yeah. It makes pretty good coffee, actually. It tastes, oh, quite, sure it's it, it tastes quite nice. Uh, my dad's got the Nestle variant. I forget what that's called. Maybe my, that's what I'm thinking Nestle, um, not Nescafe. It starts with Nes. Like, I think um, Nescafe do have their own one, mate. Or at least they have a brand that. They, right. they will put stuff, you know, they, yeah, yeah, they yeah. make the stuff for one of these devices. I'm sure they probably do. Um, uh, yeah. It's, 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 but it's, it's, it's kind of weird, though, because unless you get, like, the expensive ones, like, the cheap ones are, are even weirder, because it actually seems like more work to make one of these out of the capsules than it does... Because, like, some of them, you get a whole capsule. Yeah. And it's like, in actual fact, you're only supposed to use, like, a small portion of that capsule in order to make the type of drink that you're trying to make so you're wasting even more of it if you're trying to actually make what you want because they, they don't reuse like you can't really make two coffees in a row out of it like using just like a bit of this capsule in one and then a bit in the next one because they have a massive hole in the bottom or something and they just leak everywhere and it's yeah it, it's a weird thing Hmm. It's like what I, what is cool are those coffee and, and this might be related to the similar industry. I don't know. Is that um, uh, when I've been at trade shows before, one of the things our stand um, had is they'd get coffee machines that would take these like cartridge things that would have the ingredients for the coffee sort of in them. They'd be like these plastic oblongs, right. I guess, with like the logo or something. And the way you do it is you you pick your oblong like out of the choice of things and put it in this slot, and then. Um, they would have a chip on board in this oblong that would tell the coffee machine how to make the coffee that you want and the ingredients to make it would be in this capsule, um, presumably already ready mixed and stuff like that. Mm. And it would then make it and then it would, the machine would have its own like disposal unit or something so the capsule would just go in and you'd just have to take out the thing and bin all those things. It's mm. incredibly wasteful, but it's super convenient when time is a problem mm. and it yeah. makes quite nice coffee. Mm, makes sense. Okay. I. It's, it's just something. A powder thing. It's probably like those. Have you ever had those shitty, um, like uh, pre-milked like coffees in a powder form yeah, yeah, or yeah. something? That you get the stick, the coffee sticks or whatever they are. Those are horrible. I don't. They don't. <laughs> I think don't I do dissolve. well. I do well because I don't have the milk anyway. So it's like uh, yeah. I wouldn't need any kind of pre-powdered shit. You, evolve that. Like, you, you yeah. avoid that problem. Yeah, I go straight for the yeah, pre-powdered milk. No. No, anything that's been pre-milked. <laughs> no, it must be fresh. Yeah. Somewhat fresh, anyway. <laughs> oh, no, they don't dissolve properly, those things. Yeah. You end up just with, like, lumps of powder in the middle of your drink that just tastes of nothing. It's horrid. The tea one that I had at the university was okay. That always seems to dissolve. Tea powder? Yeah. Uh, why, do, why do that when you have tea bags? Because I couldn't keep milk in the shared fridge because everyone kept stealing it. Uh. <laughs> Oh, fast. <laughs> Did you need to get your mini fridge or something and put it in your room? Yeah, I was considering that at one point. <laughs> like most people keep beer in here. I keep milk. And there's the same problem with cheese as well. You had a cheese beef? Well, anything in that fridge. Cheese? Oh, fuckers. 
I won't stand for cheese fever. It wasn't like it wasn't like there was actual food at that fridge. It was <laughs> just, just like, like milk and cheese and shit. Extra bits of drink and stuff. And whenever anyone was hungry, they'd just go up and go, Oh, I need some Oh, there's some cheese in here. Let's fucking eat it. No. <laughs> but then surely like if everyone started doing that then you just wouldn't no one would buy anything after a while. Well that's what happens. What <laughs> you realise Well yeah, most of the time there's virtually nothing in there. Mm. It was a convenient place to store, like, leftover pizzas, probably. I bet. Not the... oh, but then it's, oh, but then you're open for pizza thievery, which is much worse. Yeah, but it's not like we didn't have three meals a day supplied anyway, so. Yeah, no, pizza. <laughs> yeah, just as a, Like, know, why was there even anything in there? <laughs> Apparently what they were supplying people was not sufficient. Oh, so you, you actually got lunch and everything. Like, not just, like, half-board style... If you were there to have it, yeah, I guess. <laughs> wow. You're catered. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise they did lunch as well in these, these these gigs. Yeah. I always figured that was like, you know, you make... You breakfast get, was you get the one that most people were... Breakfast was the one where less people would turn up, of course. <laughs> like, waking up in the morning, what? What that? If I yeah, can avoid it. There would be a high chance of bacon. Yeah, that was the... Actually, breakfast was one of the better meals, because you could guarantee it was like, there's always going to be scrambled eggs. <laughs> there's always going to probably, almost always be bacon. Oh, man, I would be <laughs> twice my size if I went to a uni that had that. <laughs> we started getting bacon at work because we have, a, like, an order from Sainsbury's or whatever. And, uh, so someone just put bacon on it. Yeah, yeah, because the... <laughs> The guy came around and said, well, what do you actually want? Uh, bacon. Tom just was bacon. We need bacon. So he's like, okay. <laughs> so now there's just bacon in the fridge and people just make bacon. That's amazing. Is it pre-cooked bacon? Yeah, they get pre-cooked bacon. Oh. Yeah, so you can just eat it. Yeah. It's hilarious. It's a really bad idea. That's <laughs> <laughs> quite funny. Oh, I just, that would be my lunch. I'd just like bring in, a, like, like, just yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd bring in empty sandwiches and then put the bacon yeah, in Yeah, yeah. That's actually a good idea because like it's shit. Now, because there's no sandwich shops around or anything, or the ones that are are really mm. extortionate, so it's like, well, you better make up for it somehow. They have like a catered lunch on a Friday where like random caterers come in and give you shit. That's cool. Quite, quite cool. It's quite a good perk, but it doesn't really make up for not being able to go to a nice restaurant or something at lunchtime, unless you wander into town, which takes like further. Mm. By the time you get there, the classic yeah. problem by the time you get there, I've got to come back. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but anyway. That's pretty cool, having bacon randomly oh. in the fridge. And stuff. Oh, envy! So we get we did used to have coffee, a fruit, bacon. We did used to have a fruit Coke. cabinet at WNS. Oh yeah, yeah. We get fruit delivery, but the thing is, now the other side of the office steal all our fruit. God damn it! <laughs> ah, Sorry, you had the opposite problem. So it's not at least they're not raiding your bacon. <laughs> That's yeah. true. They're not raiding bacon. <laughs> bacon Ra- raiders. Yeah, that would that would be worse. That's a game idea right there. Bacon raiders. I bet there is so many games already based on bacon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can't even begin to imagine how many there are. Bacon! Boop, boop. Super Monday Night Combat. Yep. Or regular Monday Night Combat. Wow, we talk about video games. The awesome. Better, sort of. <laughs> better bacon. Game, games games that involve bacon. <laughs> yeah, bacon! So, video games. We should talk about the um, news, possibly. News! The news going on in the world of video games. And the news is... Yeah, Rayman right. Origins got hella delayed. Did it? Yeah. Oh shit. What is that? That's the new Wii U version of Rayman. Not Origins. It's Legends. Legends. Oh, I did it. Origins was the last one. Yeah, Origins was the original. Well, How delayed? Uh, original reboot. Yeah. yeah. 
it got delayed like, because it was basically going to come out on Wii U like last it's week. Basically, we get, <laughs> it? Yeah, they're trying, they're trying to add touchpad stuff to it. To, well, yeah, that was their thing. It was like you can manipulate you the, the world. touchpad to move platforms and shit, like yeah. in Mario. Okay. Well, in Mario, you're just making platforms. Yeah, it was basically the same thing. Yeah. It was just like they were, that was going to be a Wii U game, and everyone was quite excited about it. It was meant to come out basically last week or something. Ah. Uh-huh. Like February the eighth, which I guess was this week. But then, Yesterday. yeah, and then and then Ubisoft were like, "Nope, we're delaying it until September, so we can release it at the same time as the PS3 and Xbox versions." Fuck you, Nintendo! <laughs> oh, that sucks. Wow. Yeah. It's like the game's basically done. There's a demo for it on the Wii U store, and now it's not coming out until September. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's dumb. Oh, that's a shitty reason. <laughs> they might backtrack on that though if everyone's annoyed. Kind possibly. No, seems a bit late to. Oh, well, because the Wii U version sounds like the version to get. Well, it's like it's the one that has that extra feature. Yeah. What are they even going to do on the PS3 and Xbox version? They can't do that. No, and they're just going to take that out. Apparently, and a lot of what they demoed so far has been the touchpad specific stuff. Well, sort of. Like some of the, I suppose they could button press, you know, replace some of the rhythmy stuff that they showed off, but. But it's not like you can have five players on the Xbox or PS3. No, that's a shitty reason. The Wii U needed a kick. You know, yeah, the Wii U needed another, any game. Another good lineup. And it's like... And, you know, it, for, all, for, for what I hear, the Wii U isn't selling that badly. It's, you know, it's not... It's slower than Nintendo would have liked, like with the 3DS. But yeah. it's like, it's not a failure. It's like Nintendo's <laughs> it's not a Vita style. Yeah. It's of, not, like... Uh, kind of sleeper hits compared to their previous stuff, but still hits. Yeah, it's almost it's almost back to their GameCube yeah. style of stuff, and I'm okay with that. You know, provided the games come out that warrant it. Yeah, exactly. Which I'm not sure there are any yet. Um, you but, never know those. Yeah, Pikmin three. You never know. Could just, could be dramatically the most awesome thing. The we the we did taper out in a kind of. I wasn't oh, quite really expecting. Early. Yeah, really early. I wasn't quite expecting it. Um, the first party stuff to like dry disappear. up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, where 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 was Nintendo's like edgy approach? You know, GameCube they tried a few things, didn't they? They, they like they were they were cl- that's what I consider classic Nintendo. They were still bringing out the old favorites, but just trying a few things. I mean, Luigi's mm. Mansion, for instance. Yes, yeah. it's, it's actually really good. You know, it's short and was really quite overpriced for what it was. But you mm. know, it's. Pretty great game, mm. if you exclude some of the boo hunting towards the end. It's just artificial padding. But, you know, they, they tried a concept. It worked quite well. It's you know, they're finally bringing it back on 3DS later this year. But, yeah. Um, which, might, you know, maybe that would have been a game that would work a lot better on Wii U. You know, you could use the pad for scanning and things like that. Mistake. But... You know, anyway, the point I'm trying to make is the GameCube era is where they were trying things. They were, you know, they were... Yeah. They Before Retro went on to do Metroid Prime, you know, they were going well, to was... do that Dinosaur Planet thing along with <laughs> Star Fox. Sorry, not Dinosaur Planet. There was, uh, that was Rare, wasn't it? Well, Rare was still working. Um, there was some... <laughs> well, they were still working. There was, there was, there was some, yeah, there was some big combat game that Retro were working on before Ninty axed it, but it's like... Even then, it's like that's that's very not Nintendo, isn't it? To work on something combaty and out of the box, and well, giving Metroid to Retro wasn't very Nintendo-y at the time. Giving F Zero to Sega, yeah, and both those things worked out brilliantly. Yeah, it's like where where is that? Where is this Hmm. Nintendo risk taking? This innovation, you know, they they innovate once with each console. It seems now it's like like, let's make Waggle, 
Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm. I'm. I'm quite interested in like where they. I, I'd like to see like when the the new Mario that they teased comes out. If it's a bit more true to old style of play, because Galaxy didn't really gel with me. I understand that it's a great game, but it kind of missed something that made the original Mario's great. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was too much of a linear funnel. I felt. You know, yeah, Mario 64 had that um, hub world situation. I had the hub go. world, and even the stages themselves are just going you can go anywhere. Yeah, you can do you know, whatever star you want. Yeah, or... work out the objectives as you feel. Yeah, and it's like the man. Well, you know, game. admittedly, certain stars changed the world in a different way. Yeah. So had, you know, and Sunshine had the same approach as well. But I prefer that so much to the way Galaxy did it because to get to some of the stuff in Galaxy, you have to then repeat a bit of the level mm-hmm. just to get to the thing you need to do and you could probably still miss it if you like didn't weren't quite paying attention or you take a wrong route and then you can't backtrack yeah a lot of the time it's like yeah something about that game just didn't gel with me and something about you know i want to see them go back a little bit um yeah yeah go back for a bit of inspiration to some some of that classic stuff yeah i don't know perhaps super mario 3d land was an example of that it's like we, we can still do this stuff I don't know. I really want there to be good stuff. Come on, Ninty, make it worth yeah. buying a Wii U because we're not going to otherwise. And where was the F Zero this generation on Wii? You know that kind of stuff because it's one of my favourite games of all time. F Zero GX, it's yeah, properly good. Now we're not even going to get Wipeout. Well, we might not. We don't know what's happening to that yet. The IP could get end up elsewhere just because the studio doesn't exist doesn't mean that the Sony might not do anything with the IP. That's true. That's true. So anyway, that's the Nintendo news. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing really new on that front, I guess. We talked about most of the rest of it last week. So the other two um, uh, console manufacturers, I guess, uh, we've got the uh, specs for those uh, consoles now. <coughs> Orbis and Durango. Yeah, well, we talked about Durango a bit last time. Yeah. Um, what, what that's coming for. But, uh, so what's, what's Orbis like? What's the PS4's outlier? Well, it's interesting. Um, it's changing my kind of attitude. We'll see what the press conference brings because Sony have announced a press conference pre E three, so they're going to like preempt, aren't yeah. they? Yeah, which is like next week, I presume, or a week, a week and a bit. Yeah, a week and a bit. Um, so they have basically the same CPU, which both of them, mm-hmm. which is uh, an AMD next generation mobile processor, so low power, but it okay. will be tweaked for. So it'll be quite. They'll both be equally powerful CPU wise. Interesting. Um, and uh, I think they both have the same kind of graphics hardware, which is like a a, a Radeon seven nine hundred series or something uh, derived chip. Yes. Okay. Okay. But the Orbis, the Sony one, has fifty percent more compute units in its GPU thing, so it's got more powerful graphics. Hmm. Um, it also has. Um, faster memory because it's got a ddr5 memory this uh, the sony one okay the microsoft one has ddr3 memory but it has twice the amount it's got eight gigs instead of four okay, well that's a very sony thing to do because yeah. the playstation had less ram to yeah yeah to, to power ratio i guess exactly so the microsoft one's got the eight gigs of ram which is quite a lot that's as much as i've got in my pc uh at the slower bandwidth um and of course, it's got that HDMI input. And the speculation is that 8 gigs 
is actually is so much that maybe they're betting on running things alongside games, like more media center applications going alongside. Because they've got I a lot would, of yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. There. They've got a lot of room there to to maneuver. So that seems to be their strategy well, is to go ram. There's the worry attached to that as well. Like how much of how much of Windows is going to end up in this thing? Yeah, if you know what I mean. Because then the RAM suddenly becomes a necessity. Mm. Um, exactly. Because it always was Microsoft's vision, wasn't it, to make this a Windows box? Really? Yeah. You know, that was the original concept of yeah. Xbox. So it's um, and given that Windows as a whole is moving more consumer focused. Well, if you think about it in terms of the actual specs, you should easily be able to run Windows Eight on that. Not that they're going to, but you could, right? You've got Easily powerful enough processor and RAM to run Windows 8. Yeah, sure. I mean, Surface can do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, full-blown. Yeah. Like Pro Windows, whatever, not RT, obviously, because it's an x86 processor. In both sure, but, you know, I mean, the Xbox mm. may be closer to the RT version, you know, with the exception of it running on x86, if you know what I mean. You know, it will be a stripped-down version of Windows. It won't be full-on Windows, will it? It will be no, like no. some subset. But I'm just saying you could. Yeah. And that's not true. Very, yeah, that's the interesting, I suppose one of the more interesting things about the architecture is looking quite PC-ish. Yeah, I mean, both, I mean, obviously, this, they both got the same processor and they're x86, whereas both the Xbox 360 and PS3 and Wii processors are all power PC. Mm. So you're, you, you've got a much more commonality with uh, PC games there. Which is going to make an interesting front on the multi-platform stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it'll make... Presumably, porting costs much cheaper. It seems like it's going to be a piece of history really, to, to to port a third party title from PC to Durango to Orbis. Yeah, I mean, you, and then you just need to do a little bit of extra work to like try and take advantage of the slight advantages one has over. Yeah, the other. all the different, you know, it, it, I guess, like you know, you may have to tweak your usages for memory. Presumably, will be the interest, as you say, will be the interesting one. Less yeah. room to play with on on the PlayStation. Yeah. But. That's true. But then again, that's been normal. They're kind of used to that because you kind of have to deal with that on PS3. So apparently the Xbox has also got a little 32 megabyte cache of ultra-fast memory mm. that's accessible from the GPU and CPU, I think. Okay. Uh, so that's just to kind of to get the overall memory bandwidth up close to the DDR5 on the... Okay. But it's still not as good, obviously, as having four gigs of full DDR5 I wonder speed. If- some of this is actually probably quite a lot of this has been born out of presumably slightly lesser, slightly smaller R and D budget. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so they haven't been able to perhaps go wild with the architecture this time. They're kind of thought. austerity consoles, aren't they? Kind yeah, of, they're kind of recession consoles, but they will be super powerful if you compare them to current stuff. They will oh, be sure. amazing, but they're, still, you know, you know, they won't have all the stream, you know, the other crap that a PC has to deal with. Yeah, that's why they still work, and it's. Um, to an extent, why tablets are able to do what they can because they're very focused. Yeah. I mean, they're saying that given the extra graphics power of the Sony one, it could... Uh, they're saying it's likely it will be locked to, to uh, 1080p displays, but they're saying it had, has the potential to power 4K. 4K. Yeah, yeah I, I did hear that. Uh, which they probably won't do, but um, not that I wouldn't care about that. Well, given the life but, cycle of the consoles yeah, these days, uh, that wouldn't surprise me if, like, say... Um, you know, several years down the line, 4K becomes the new sort of standard for when you're buying a TV. Yeah. It, you know, perhaps a few years is yeah. ambitious. 
Um, but we're talking a seven-year life cycle now, aren't we? Possibly longer. Yeah. If, it, if it gets exponentially longer or whatever. Well, not yeah. exponentially, but if it gets... If it just gets longer in general. Longer then, each yeah. time, yeah. Then that's, yeah. That, that edge could be, could be useful. I think this life cycle could be shorter than the last one. Maybe. Cause, especially if the economy recovers. Yeah. Because then all of a sudden all this... All the ideas that people may have had for what you know what the consoles would have been, mm. um, well, the risks will the, you know the the risks that people will will, will be taken, which probably well, they won't be this time. Like perhaps the original plan to like have a ridiculous integrated connect that you know seems to have gone by the wayside. Or maybe Nintendo will do something fancy you with their next console in yeah. like three years, and then they'll be like, "Oh fuck, <laughs> that would be cool." That could happen. Who knows? They do. Bring out hardware quite quick if you think about the different variants. Well, or apparently they do now. After yeah, they were yeah. Just like Wii U, what? What if Ninty? That's true. What if Ninty drops a bomb again Who and knows? changes the way we think about games? Re- admittedly, the sort of the motion control thing has been turned out to be somewhat of a fad to a degree. You know, it's made a lot of money, but yeah, it hasn't had a lasting appeal. We'll have to see what... I'm still interested. And it's obviously not mainstream in the way the Wii is, but, I mean, it does... I'm still super interested in the, the Oculus Rift, the VR stuff. <laughs> I think that could be so cool. You know what? It's gaining, more, it's, it's gaining more attention than I thought it would. You know, you hear about it every now and then, like certain games, even indie stuff is sort of coming out yeah. and saying, you know what, we're going to support this. It's going to be cool. I mean, I saw a mod the other day for Half-Life 2, which had the weapon... Um, so you held a gun, a plastic gun, and it ha- it had the motion sensors on that. So when you looked through, you saw your weapon model move huh. and aim using the gun. And it looked pretty cool. I mean, they were just showing off uh, the bit um, uh, when you're entering um, uh, Nova Prospect, when you're fighting. That's a mad fight there. But then if um, you're holding the gun, how do you control your movement? Do they have, would the gun have to have like yeah, a specially crafted sure. gun that would have sticks on it? I'll something? have to check how it works. Yeah, that's a good question. It's a Probably, totally yeah. weird peripheral land then. That would be quite weird. But anyway, that was just a, a mod example, but mm. still cool. So anyway, Durango versus Orbis. Personally, I mean, we don't know. We haven't seen these things. But this is the first time I've been leaning a little bit Sony-wise in terms of my feelings. Oh, no. I, because no. I'm worried that the Xbox, the main problem with the Xbox for me is going to be the way Xbox Live is going. You know what I mean with the adverts and stuff. And if and if Sony's strategy of more laissez-faire, let you do what you want, combined with a slightly nicer, more powerful thing that is more focused on games and not on media crap and stuff that I don't care about... Seems like they're sliding away I, from I, where I want to be on at Microsoft. You know what? I agree with the principle, and in, in, but Sony does not forget that Sony were the first to try and get for, were before Microsoft in trying to get into this media broader stuff. media thing. They That's just true. didn't really tackle it with PS3, and perhaps haven't wanted to, you know, totally revamp the OS as Microsoft has. Yeah, um, on the console. Um, they, they, you know, their services still make money as they are, to be honest. Yeah. It's like for Sony, especially with their link to the film industry, it must be a bit of a money spinner for them to just have that yeah. available in the PSN store. Plus the PSN store is a little bit nicer laid out than some of the stores on Xbox, you know, that yeah. kind of stuff. Is. Um, I, I can see the principle, but then I'd still think we'd fall back to the sort of problem where Sony's just... I, I don't feel... And this could be misplaced. I don't feel like Sony's software lineup, their exclusive range, mm-hmm. is as appealing. But as what's going to be what's going to be exclusive on the Microsoft side? Halo. You're going to uh, get your Halos. Um, Epic still work fairly closely with 
Microsoft. You know, so anything that comes out post Gears of War. They haven't got... Gears of War is kind of done for me, I think. I don't know. It depends what they're doing. But they have got they haven't got Cliffy B anymore. No. Oh, and, and to be honest, then, you know, Epic as a whole aren't exclusive. You know, Bulletstorm was yeah. multi-platform. And obviously the Unreal Engine is going to run great on both these consoles because they're virtually the same. Mm. I mean, so that's not going to be so much of a big an issue. But as a... Um, as a you know, publisher kind of slash developer, then yeah, yeah they are more Microsoft. And, I mean, Sony will have to. It's, it's, it's all the surrounding stuff as well. Like Sony will definitely have to up their game with regards to um, that their online services. Yeah, you know, but the Xbox is still still unmatched. It's true, um, but like I say, I, Xbox Live is definitely a lot better on the, the online side. But it's the way it's going that worries me. And if Sony managed to fix up their stuff so that it's has the better features of Xbox mm. Live but doesn't have the kind of in-your-face media stuff. You know, it could yeah. be a good way. If it's more stripped down but it has the functionality or, or, or the, it's, the nice stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's other stuff as well. It's like... A, a, it's a, I know a lot of like the indie, t- the arcade titles end up coming out on both Xbox and PSN. The ones that come out... Uh, the ones that do come out, there's a, there's a tendency for them to be Xbox exclusives yeah. in terms of that stuff. But yeah, a little bit, you know, Journey is the exception, I guess, to that and the pixel junk stuff. That's true, yeah. Um, I don't know, it's hard to... It is hard to say. It is hard to say. I've just got this feeling about Sony that just isn't as... Well, as a company, they're not doing well. Not that well, Microsoft no, not just, are doing great. Not just, you know, ignoring the economics yeah. of the companies, but it's like just... The, the software that ends up on Sony stuff mm. is never quite so great. Never feels quite so good as the stuff I could end up getting on my Xbox. You know, that even it, even with the multi-platform stuff like the the biggies like Assassin's Creed and yeah. Black Ops and stuff like that. You know, those. Um, I have to say that now this is the second time ever since Uncharted Two that I've been desperate to play a PS3 game actually because I really want to play Nino Cooney. Oh God, yes. And uh, yeah. I, I want that game. So occasionally it happens, you know. Yeah, it, it does happen. Valkyria Chronicles is another fantastic yeah. example. That was one of the things that sort of sold me on PS3. You know, it's you know, it's a, it was an experience that you can't get anywhere else. You know, except you can get some on PSP now, but, mm-hmm. but less good ones on PSP. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, and that was a weird decision as well, because that was essentially just Sega Valkyria Chronicles. Why they decided to go pure PS3 when Sega were quite happily supporting Xbox elsewhere was an interesting one but what do you think the deal is with Bungie and their project do you think that will be a Microsofty thing or a, or well, completely agnostic everything I think it, I think that's part I think Bungie will want to do this without Microsoft right. this time as part of the part of the deal the part of the break was because you know, maybe that's the reason yeah one of the reasons they wanted to come out on everything but yeah because you know they were they broke before reach came out really but yeah. they're still tied because of you know halo is stuff. a yeah you know, they're well into development and, Re- and halo is obviously a microsoft property and it's because i don't like, i know you enjoyed halo 4 but i don't really care about playing really i don't really care about playing non-bungie halo games going forward particularly i mean maybe they'll be amazing who knows but i don't know i, I, I think been... halo 5 is going to be the interesting one because halo 4 is but you know as we talked about before halo 4 343 had to prove themselves yeah sure. as being capable you think they'll um, actually do something new in halo 5 i hope it? so 
that five is the is the perfect chance for them to do so. Mm. Um, and if they don't, that will be a disappointment. Mm. Yeah. You know, story gripes aside, mm. which we still can't probably talk about because you might want to play through it at some point. But maybe I don't um, know. I don't feel the big pull towards, which is odd because I played through. You know, I played through three and reach in legendary and stuff. So I obviously cared about those games. Yeah, I haven't quite got the desire to go and play Halo Four and Legendary preps that I have had the previous ones. Mm. Uh, not yet, anyway. It did take me a year to come back to Reach to try it Legendary, but <laughs> I sort of wanted to more, I suppose, even at the time. It's pretty fun in Legendary. Yeah, yeah it's right. It's Reach, good. yeah, it has its moments, like all Halo games. games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you have fun doing the last uh, the platform thing? We have to wait for you know in Legendary. That's quite <laughs> hilarious. Uh, I ended up, like, there's this kind of bit where you can hide, like, the way around the side of the facility, like, on the left. Like, if you're if you're on the landing platform, you look back towards the building. There's a kind of area around the round on the left. You can kind of hide and snipe for ages if you want, sometimes. Oh, really? okay. Yeah. It's a bit strange. It's like ground. Anyway, don't mind uh, describing a level of a computer video yeah, game, yeah, but yeah. still. That last segment was tough, though. That, yeah. was, that, that whole last bit, you know, even the cannon section at the end that you have to try. Oh, to that's lose. a. Yeah, a bastard. can't remember what I. Oh, I know. There's a trick to that in Legendary where you have mm. to just get keep getting in and out of it uh, oh. or something. Oh, I, I, tried, if you're I did in try it, that one. I did, yeah, I did try that once, but it didn't. Yeah, it didn't really work. Yeah, actually, it didn't recharge quick enough, and then of course stuff just got through, and then you get swapped. Yeah, that is a bit of a bit. The only way I ended up doing it was just knowing the timing of which. It took me ages, but which which one to shoot exactly when? Yeah, and get a bit lucky and hope that they don't hit you. Yeah, it's pretty dumb. Anyway, (laughs) never mind. It's not not the best ending to a Halo game. Yeah, it's sort of fine. It's cool when the shit takes off, and then you get that kind of. um, Oh, this is the start of the first game thing. Yeah, and it has that thank you from Bunty. That's cool. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. I'm still on Xbox's side. Let me put it that way. Did you but... see that image of the potential leak of the uh, PS4 controller? No. And I, th- I th- thought it looked pretty cool. I'm not exactly sure how it would work in games and stuff, but it's basically a DualShock, but um, uh, in the middle, instead of start and pause and the logo. It's got uh, like a. Oh no! I did hear about this. Yes, yes. That looks like it's decorated like the back of the PS Vita, so it looks real. It looks like a yeah. real thing. It has one giant button underneath, which for some reason is labelled like the share button on on Safari on your phone. You oh, know what, that like the box square with the, with, the arrow, with coming, arrow out. coming out. Yeah, it's labelled that way. Well, I don't know what that means. Ugh. And also, start and select. They seem to be like the bottom edge of the touchpad, which makes it seem like you have. What I don't want is when I want to pause the game, I don't want to have to like press some dodgy touch area. I want a button to pause the game. Yeah, so I mean, that, that is a bit of a worry. But actually, like reaching in from the uh, D-pad and uh, buttons and going for a bit of touch action, that could be interesting and cool. You yeah. could even do like a PC game where you you, you held it and you, you you used it like a mouse on on a on a laptop if you wanted a cursor. Like you could use that when you're browsing the web on your. Yeah, in a pinch yeah. by just doing that. And you've still got a uh, scroll control with the left uh, thumbstick. Yeah, could, that, could, yeah. that could work. That could be okay. I, yeah, I'm, I'm with you in that I'm sceptical of its actual practical. The little gestures and stuff in a PS Vita style could be could add a little bit to games. Maybe. Without although although, totally it's, although it's, it's questionable whether the gest- stuff actually adds anything to Vita games. Yeah, that's true. Um, as they stand. Well, some of the back stuff was kind of interesting. 
it's interesting, but most people hate it. Fair enough. <laughs> One well, of the ridiculous... It's because of the impreciseness of it. You can't see where you're pushing. That's true. Yeah. At least it's on the front, so yeah. you can see. One of the ridiculous theories about... Well, one of the giant bomb fear. Well, I don't know whether it's just their theory or whether this is actually them picking up something from somewhere else and I wasn't paying attention. But one of the things I heard about that share button is that like, it might just be like the ultimate share button where the where the system just records whatever you're doing the last 10 seconds and no, then you push the button. They, 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 yeah, oh, there, is a, there is a big rumour that it does record like the last 15 minutes of everything the console is doing. Shit. So at any point, you can, you, yeah, any point you can drop into a, say, save the last 15 minutes, you can go and edit it later. Yeah. And that's fucking share insane that. if that's true. That would be, that, that would be, um, you know, that would be a standout feature, wouldn't it? A USP or something. It's well, yeah, but it's because Xbox, has, the new Xbox, has got this mysterious HDMI input, mm. uh, which could it can it could you know entail all manner of recording crap going on. Would you? Would, I don't it, know yeah. what that's for. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I can't honestly think. No, of good, your Xbox isn't the best solution for that. I know. Is Why it, or... is it there? Maybe it's for. Oh, maybe they are. Maybe, maybe, maybe there's a PBR built into it somehow. Fuck, who knows? Why would you want that? I mean, obviously it's nice to have, but feed I mean, it from something else. We're talking about you going back to like DVD recording DVDs territory or VCRs and shit, isn't it? It's like what? There's got to be some master strategy well, behind un- that, unless it's like they're just trying to be convenient and it's like a pass-through switch. So yeah, but like, that, it seems like a lot of trouble to go to for just that. There must be some reason for it. Uh, we're going to have to find out, I suppose, aren't we? I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's because... the Microsoft version of that. Maybe, maybe it's a hardware capture card built into the system. Well, that would be cool, wouldn't it? <laughs> so it passes through the HDMI, but also records it. But why? Yeah, but then storage is a problem, surely, on those well, things. Yeah. Unless, <laughs> unless, unless they're putting like a terabyte drive in But they haven't really mentioned storage yet, have they? No, they haven't. In their, in their theories. Or the, or the no. SKUs, which is... Which they won't until E3, let's be honest. They'll um, almost certainly have a terabyte, a, a off-the-shelf terabyte drive or something like that by, at this point. Whatever's cheapest for them, yeah. um, but basically. I hope it's a terabyte. Almost certainly. Because they get cheaper to manufacture, don't they? Because like, they stop manufacturing smaller ones. Mm. So it's just what's the what's that makes economic sense, isn't it? You know. Yeah, no, I hope, they, I hope there's a terabyte version because if they've... Microsoft's thing about potentially going mostly digital yep. for this next generation is true, then yeah. you're going to need one. Yeah, if you're going to be downloading your game straight to it, then... You know, because it, it's, it's weird. It's, it's like Steam is a bit more of a constant, I think, with regards to that stuff, you know, because it's a PC-based platform and PCs evolve, not the not necessarily the platform on which they sit. Mm-hmm. Um, or the platform on which Steam sits, at least. Um, you know, I feel I don't feel so bad about downloading a game then deleting it off my system. I feel confident in the knowledge that I'll be able to get it back. Yeah. But console life cycles are such that if I have a game, you know, because I'm not getting it on a disc anymore. Yeah. I have that slight paranoia that is there going to come a point where I can't get this? Yeah. Anymore. Like I don't know if you had. Um, DLC on the original Xbox, you know, because of the Xbox Live for that doesn't exist anymore. You can't play that. DLC packs for that don't exist anymore. No. Or, yeah, yeah, with the exception of the Halo 2 stuff, which came on a disc, which was the most convenient thing ever. But, well played. Um, well played, well played. 
Yeah, I know. I get exactly what you're saying. Uh, you know, it's going to be a lot of worries about um, copy. Yeah, that kind of stuff. I mean, even with <laughs> even with this SimCity situation, where like, oh, oh, you might be able to get the you might be able to get the game downloaded again, mm. but I mean, if the servers aren't up, you won't be able to play it, will you? You know, I I sort of agree with some of the opinions about game preservation, and you know, MMOs are a real sucker for this because you know, even if yeah, even if the game is built on the fact that there must be loads of players about. Yeah, like when the servers die, the game dies, dies completely. Yeah. Um, I think it's all. I think it's fair enough with MMOs, but it shouldn't happen with single player games. Well, no, but even if we wanted to, just from a historical standpoint, go back and have a look at what's going on in galaxies or whatever. Well, no, even you know, not have a look at what's going on now, but like just go back and see what this was about to learn to analyze. The, yeah progress it's like how do, you, how do you do that it's like i read this ridiculous article which was just a chapter from someone's phd thesis, thesis yeah. on um now I, i'm not sure if i've got this word right i only saw it in this thing once but i think it's ludology like game, okay. like a study of games, study of games like okay. game, and he was specifically sense. going into the game classification of shoot-em-ups or classic shmup shmups yeah yeah um as opposed to FPS and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And the detail this guy goes into is bonkers, but the analysis required of like previous games, like Raiding from Space Invaders up to slightly more modern stuff, like a Carago and things like that. And this was just one chapter of this thing. And it's like, how would you do that with MMOs? Because yeah. you wouldn't be able to go back and do that analysis. No, it's, it's true. I'm, not, I'm still not entirely sure of the practical applications of like a, such a study, but well, yeah. personally, but I appreciate the fact that there are people there that do. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, there's, you've got films going back 1920s and so you can still watch them, you know. I mean, might take a bit of effort to get the projector working and stuff in the yeah. film, but you can still, you know, whereas MMOs, you can't play Ultima Online, it's, it's can a, you? That's a bigger problem in video games. Can you? Is that up? Ultimate Online might be up for all that. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, probably that one. Is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and some <laughs> things... the right example. <laughs> some things fans have tried to resurrect and make their own versions. Like yeah. World of Warcraft, for instance, will probably stay up even when Blizzard pull the plug because people make their own servers and stuff for that. <laughs> Highly yeah. illegal servers. Yeah, you're not supposed to, but at least there are ways you can. Yeah, yeah. Well, that just that's just a matter of how many people that were playing it. I expect if there was as many people playing, like... And he's be like auto assault. <laughs> so as many people play auto assault as there are playing World of Warcraft, I expect there'd still be a legal service for that. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> so I foresee myself. If I have a library of Xbox games anywhere near as big as what I have at the moment, then one terabyte might not cut it. <laughs> Especially if they get bigger and like break out of the DVD constraints that they currently have. Well, yeah. if you want to make sure you always have access to this shit, just. Download shit and never delete it until the hard disk gets full. And then just buy a new hard disk and then just put that in. And yeah, then fill that off. <laughs> that's gonna, that's going to be the tactic, isn't it? And then it's like, well, how how nice is Xbox going to be with that? I mean, they're sort of already quite nice at letting you now do memory stick stuff, but they never went the whole hog and said, well, can't, can't we just attach external hard drives? Well, it's true. They had proprietary external hard drives, basically, but. Yeah, I know, but there, there came a point in the X. There has cut. Now we're at that point in the Xbox life cycle where it doesn't make sense anymore because you can't you can't buy those things for the new gen Xboxes. They only make you can only buy them for the old gen, and they don't make them anymore. And if you, even if you're trying to find them, they're either ridiculously overpriced or places like eBay and stuff are filled with 
pirated versions of them. Like, they're not official. There's a really large quantity of, like, shit hard drives, and it's like, I'm not sure I trust that. It's like, as much as I want to upgrade the hard drive on my Xbox, it's... Yeah. I'm not sure I really can. Or not without breaking the bank and feeling like an idiot for doing so. <laughs> so, booty you, Mokes. I've just had external support. God damn it. Even the weed does that. <laughs> well, arguably. Still have to format it a very specific way and everything. Also, like, speaking of Wii, it's not really news. <laughs> it's not really news, but it's like, I just find it funny how that there's the, like, two virtual consoles. Oh, right. Completely separate from each other. And if you buy it. No, no, no. And, and if you buy it on the new virtual console. You don't get it on the. You don't get it on your old virtual console, and it's more expensive. Yeah. <laughs> Supposedly to cover costs for making it gamepad supportable. <sighs> so dumb. Bloody nightmare. Just a branding error. <laughs> well, they shouldn't have called it Virtual Console again, and then no one would care. <laughs> it's true. It's called Virtual Console again. Yeah, but they shouldn't have this one. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nah. So yes, dumb. F- future and well, this next generation next console generation news. Console. news. Oh, no, still excited. I'll still end up with probably all of them eventually. But... Oh, probably. <laughs> really, really. Well, well, you, we just discussed your lack of Wii U enthusiasm. Yeah, but Smash Brothers. Yeah, but that still stands. That. that still stands. Even that. Thing is, it's the games. You just don't know shit. No, and, and that's and, what's and, and you won't, I guess. No, but at 360's launch was pretty strong. Yeah, what did it have PGR three? In? Well, okay, maybe it wasn't that strong, but PGR three on its own was pretty groundbreaking. Yeah. It was the first time I saw that new motion blur technique and it was like, oh, it's yeah. lovely. Yeah, there will be some good stuff, I'm sure. Of course, the game I'm looking forward to is on the current gen and it's still not coming out until September. GTA 5 has been delayed. Yeah. September's a hell of a risk, isn't it? I know, but I don't I don't think it's going to matter. Uh, we will see, obviously. I, I'm maybe always bullish maybe... about GTA, but yeah. I think it will be a big, a, a big deal. Maybe well, they'll obviously. spend the time making a good... PC. If they spend the time making a good PC port, then it'll be amazing. Time. Yeah, that would be great, actually. Maybe that's why they're delaying it so they can do day and date. That would be amazing. Can you imagine that on PC? I'd like rather they just ported Red Dead. To be fair, but well, yeah, I wish they would do that. Well, how about a multiplayer mode? <laughs> they sort of had that, didn't they? In four, well, four had multiplayer. Yeah, but not really. It had like it did. I didn't like it, but well, it, did. it had some sand- multiplayer. Well, well, I had some fun. open city sandboxy stuff, didn't? Yeah, it? but not really. Not just like in the game world, it was like. Oh, what? So you'd want it to be a weird social mix, almost like you go to an instance for missions, maybe, but when you're just. just they just need to make it an MMO, except maybe not an MMO size MMO, maybe like a limited number of people. Or AT. APB. APB style. That wasn't quite the same, but. Maybe like eight I'd, people or something. I think that'll be <laughs> the next one, at least. It won't be this, this one. But still. It's gonna be awesome. I still, I'm not really sure how you could pull off MMO GTA because it's possible. Presumably, that definitely well, possible. If you think about the fucking craziness that's just going to be ensuing at all turns. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I said. Not MMO. <laughs> well, even they if you, keep it a few people. Yeah, I mean, you, you may have like to enough people up. to make a squad, basically, Perhaps. so you could be organised in your missions or whatever. Yeah, but, but that's just a co-op mode. Yeah, but it, that's the whole point of GTA. It's like you could 
do coffee stuff in mission structures, or you can just all piss around and cause complete mayhem. Maybe, but like, uh, yeah, may- okay, maybe you're right. Maybe they make the mission structure so it can cope with co-op on occasion. It's a difficult thing to manage, though, because it's like, what do you do if you come across a mission that can't, that doesn't, you know, isn't suited to having all five players, but it's then less, you just, like, everyone has to spill up at that point, and then... Well, they'd have to just design it better, so it would be... <laughs> yeah, but there's, do you know what I mean? There's always a, a risk when you're designing something co-op start to finish that, you know, you lose story, or the story has to comp- be compromised for it, and GTA is all about story, let's be honest. I guess. You have it to is. think about, the, like, who's the main character or whatever. Well, at least this one is... Even if it's single player, it's still breaking out into a three guys situation. Yeah, it kind of. But I don't it, expect people yeah, to like just have them all get together to do this. Well, that will happen, right? Well, yeah, it will happen. But I you'll don't be controlling like different. Mission. <laughs> no, no, not every mission. Yeah, because while we're on the subject of that, it's Dead Space is, suffers for it. Apparently, the new one. All right, what's the deal? Um, well, it's, characters. It's co-op. It's the, whole way, the whole way through oh, okay. is co-op. Um, oh. Who's but, the other guy? Some, some, some dude, some dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the whole story has come up, <laughs> and one of the major complaints against Dead Space Three has been its um, lack of atmosphere, which is the key selling point for the first Dead Space game. Exactly. Was was yeah. the tension, the atmosphere, the everything that made a makes a horror game, you know, or horror in general important was in the first Dead Space. Yeah, and it's. All gone, pretty much. It's like adding another player removes the tension um, to a degree, and it's. Uh, I mean, it adds this conversational element to the game, which the solidarity of being a fairly silent Isaac in the first game, you know, was added. If any, you know, to the just the claustrophobia and the mm-hmm. um, bleakness of the scenario, you know, it's. And the story's just bad anyway. The story's terrible. <laughs> uh, apparently the acting is pretty terrible. The facial animations look like guff. It's... What does that look like? Uh, well, you know, yeah. If, if, you can, if you can describe... Yeah, sure. ...bodily gases as a... a double bass. Yeah, a double bass. <laughs> cello. Bum cello. What? <laughs> That's a reference to an outtake. See if you can spot that in our potential two years worth of outtake reels. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say that live so Rob actually has to do it. All right, all right. Uh, so Dead Space 3, not... Yeah, it's got a slightly controversial microtransaction model. Did any of us play um, any of that series? No. No. Uh, Dead Space no, 2 I, sounded I, pretty cool. Yeah, the, but the first two Dead Spaces sound great, but I'm they don't really appeal to me as a player. I don't like jump scares. <laughs> There's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah, I know what you mean, because it's, it's, no, like, no. it's like, annoying. And like, yeah. why? It's not, why would you... And know. apparently Dead Space 3 is like, there are quite a lot of jump scares. Like, that is there. Well, is there is but there then it always come, apparently it always gets to the point where there's so many jump scares, you start to very easily predict the jump scares. So it's like, oh, look, a vent. Yeah. 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 <laughs> they take it too far. Because, you, know, you know, scary games are supposed to be about the foreboding, I guess. The, and if they're constantly jump scaring you, it's like, well, what's I, mean, I suppose eventually you get used to it, I guess, but... It's like Doom 3. Things were constantly just spawning behind you all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... God damn it. And there were monster closets. Yeah, it gets really irritating. so lame. They just re-released that, didn't they? Why do they bother? I don't know. BFG edition. BFG edition. What's going on with it? Rage was good. 
Sort of. Rage was good. What? Yeah, maybe I should play that. And they've just released the, the the dev tools for Rage, so now people can start messing with the oh cool with the with all the world generation and stuff like that. So we may see a run of mods. You see, uh, on Reddit, John Carmack uh, weighed in on the whole: is it a good idea to, you know, uh, make everything compatible with Linux? Hmm. You know, the Valve argument, I suppose. And he was against it. He was like, "This hmm. isn't worthwhile for these." He had some good uh, points, which is interesting because yeah. you know, it'd have been fairly big. Um, supporters of OpenGL and... Yeah, he was talking about OpenGL and stuff, and he was saying, actually, it's quite similar, but I think his his reasoning, it, it, what he was saying was that it doesn't make commercial sense, but Valve could change that. It could suddenly make commercial maybe, sense. Maybe, you know. I mean, Quake 3 runs on Linux, doesn't it? I think so. There's a Quake 3 version. It's Linux, yeah, Linux Quake 3. Well, Quake it's C++, plus plus, right, and OpenGL. Yeah. Is it C++ plus plus or is it C? Uh, Probably C. I think it's C, actually. I think they switched to C++ for Doom 3 or something. Anyway. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, anyway, Dead Space, microtransaction model was where I was going next. It's it's got a controversial kind of... You have to... uh, There's a ton of microtransactions that give you access to extra things. Basically, some of them are shortcuts sort of through the game. Some of them are literally sort of like... Uh, extra content, things like that, and it's like you know, there's a lot of it for day one and an online pass naturally, and it's like and if you want all of that stuff, it's going to cost you an additional forty one dollars. And like I didn't work out what the English price was, but forty one dollars yeah. on top of the base price yeah. game for you to in theory get what is the full experience. Well, with you the exception it? of the shortcuts, yeah. If you remove the shortcuts, <laughs> get rid of it. But you know, some of it looks you know fairly. I can't remember it off the top of my head, to be honest. But I looked. I remember looking at the list, going, "Really? All right." And it's like it's it's a bit over the top. Well, isn't there a bug where you can like get all the stuff that you would otherwise have to buy from microtransactions by just you know farming some room or something, Great. some glitch or something? Where you I'm, can... I'm happy that exists. <laughs> yeah, it's on BBC News. Uh, <laughs> it's like lol, you're losing all your microtransactions because someone's found an exploit. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm happy that exists because yeah. I'm not a fan of this ridiculous approach to it. Yeah, it's EA. Should is make, it EA? Make, yeah, it's it is EA. EA. Of course it's EA. They're, they're, they're like named number one worst company in America or something uh-huh. on, the, on the, like a list or something. Yeah. Know. That uh, was a terrible list though. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that, was a, that was a vote on the internet. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. <laughs> what else was going to happen? Yeah. Was, was, it, was, was the top company not somehow Rick Astley? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. I expect they had to choose from actual companies. <laughs> was it slash V slash or whatever? Yeah, probably. How do you pronounce those? Um, I just always say slash V or slash V. Ignore the other slash. Yes. So yeah. Anyway, the, the the internet is not happy about Dead Space. <laughs> the internet's never happy about most things. I know, but more so. <laughs> it's, it, it's it's depressing because it does feel like a bit of a they they've milked what was a good thing just too much and have turned it into something it isn't. And it's like it's unashamedly trying to be Lost Planet in places. And like, well, yeah. how which, which again is yeah, it's not, it's like not that. much of a target, is yeah, it? Really, is exactly, yeah. Yeah, and you know, the, and it's a, it, the way that the game is presented is that is apparently an interesting fifty-fifty split. Because it's like the first half of the game is sort of you know dead space as you'd know it in in, in, space. in space with stations and stuff like that. Uh, just they play more on 
we're going to surround you with tons and tons of enemies and make it about crowd control rather than mm-hmm. strategic dismemberment or whatever, <laughs> whatever the tagline used to be. Um, and then the second half of the uh, game is this snow planet. What was that game with the robots that like uh, Brad was into that had a lot of dismemberment? Yeah, that had kind of overdid the... Yeah, uh, but that wasn't really... Dismemberment That wasn't tactical dismemberment. That was just, that was just cool. them and they fall apart. <laughs> yeah. It <laughs> yeah. was just yeah. a cool extra. Fair I still right. want to play that game. Yeah. It looks it looks pretty awesome. It's, you know, it's like it looks fun. It's like Borderlands yeah. Two has tactical dismemberment. Does it? Well, on the robots, where, oh, you can, yeah, where they have incredibly dramatic critical hit weak points on like the junctions of all their arms and legs, so you can really easily like shoot their gun off. Mm. That's cool. Justice shot, <laughs> as he would have said in Virtual Cop Circle, nineteen ninety one. Where the points were. In the bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> Always shoot civilians in the bollocks. <laughs> it's worth losing a life. <laughs> it's quite it's quite funny sometimes watching blops just how many of the kill shots are actually dead on the crotch. <laughs> Car blops. So there. Um oh, I had something else I was gonna say. Alternative news. It's gone. Uh uh Abra- Abrams and uh, Newell. Yeah, I did see that. S- I saw. I watched them um, for some reason. The Abrams and Newell talk wasn't on YouTube, or at least wasn't yet. Uh, but the keynote uh, Gabe Newell talk was, which was like half an hour of Gabe Newell talking about just the stuff that Valve, are, that we've already been talking about Valve are doing, like yeah. but, but, slightly more official outlook. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's the kind of stuff he's been talking about for a long time, and how he sees things progressing yeah. and stuff. There wasn't actually anything particularly new. It was quite funny though because he did have to sit down the whole time because he's so he couldn't stand and deliver a talk because he's obviously a bit uncomfortable being so large. So he sat in a chair and played with his iPad while he was giving it. It was quite funny. Um, so, so what is awesome, this? So, well, yeah, but so what is this Gabe JJ Abrams link up going to really be? It's not well, going to be anything. It's a dumb, stupid rumor. Not it, really, actually, what they rumor. said. It is what they it's said. Like, he, it, it's basically they said, "I like your shit. I like your shit." Maybe we should work together. Maybe. It's like, that's... No, everyone's no, just leading into ha- it like, yeah, we should totally do this. They said that we've been having this conversation for a while and we are looking to work together. Yeah, that's, what they, mean, that's what they said. Doesn't mean they, shit. It was, yeah, so the presentation was, yeah, it was kind of... Um, Gabe showed a bit from one of his games and JJ Abrams would compare with a bit from one of his films and he and and, and it was actually quite a, it was a kind of good natured this is what shit about films because you mm. don't have agency or whatever and this is what shit about games look at me fuck around while while Eli is talking to me like bouncing things off his head and stuff he doesn't even react how retarded is this so they were kind of going back and forth and, and JJ Abrams said oh you can like subtly layer things in films that you can't do in games and he was and Newell was like aha but in Portal 2 we had that bit where you like looked at the science project stuff and and it set up the uh, potato battery later on, but you didn't mm. have to actually look at it; you could just wander straight past it. Yeah. So that's you know, layering. Yeah, so they didn't were kind have of, to pay attention. So they were kind of comparing techniques in films and games, and the ultimate answer right. ending was yes, we're kind of working together on potentially but, films. But and what games. are they going to do? They is this like new way to go? They said they might. Yeah, but when, you know, regardless of everyone that, thinks that it's such a concrete thing. No, regardless, but, uh, of, regardless of that, what would like, they do? Yeah, exactly. What is, <laughs> what is they going to do? Because Half Life, yeah. I don't think is filmable. None yeah. of the no games are filmable. That's the whole trouble yeah. with game oh, no, movies. No, 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 ever. No, 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 I disagree with that. I think some games are very filmable. Uncharted, for instance, is 
would be uh, would be pretty good. Yeah, but that just is generic action game. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it's Indiana Jones with a different skin, which is fine. Yeah, you know that could work. Um, well, well, it's Indiana Jones with a slightly more modern, probably different type of wisecracking. They could probably make a Final Fantasy film. Oh wait, they did. I like that. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's like that is a game that is basically a film to start with, so you know. And, well, that's what I mean. Story, <laughs> Any of those stories is easy enough to convert. Game, yeah, games where the story is the crux could potentially be filmable quite well. You know, the Mass Effect I think, could those. work could work as a film. You know, yeah, if you simplify maybe. the story, so you have the let you know, you don't have to deal with so much of the crap. But it could theoretically yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, could. Um, same with Halo, really, but then Halo doesn't have much story. If you like, just made it. You just need to use coherent. the world, <laughs> yeah, because that's one thing that games are good at: are building coherent universes. Yeah, and definitely. then you can set stories in those universes quite without too much trouble. They I mean, don't as the long as they're not directly related to the game plots, because game plots have to be different from film plots just to work. I'm kind of to be honest. Like, what's what's wrong with uh, most video game films is like they pick something that actually doesn't have much plot or much world or isn't that disconnected from yeah like tomb raider human reality yeah like yeah. Tomb, tomb raider is a bit messed up and yeah tomb raider has some supernatural stuff but it doesn't really carve much of a story of its own in the games that exist up to this point you know maybe the new one might be something that's a bit more filmable than mm. um you know survival story i guess might be a bit more filmable than the previous ones but yeah that was a bad choice hitman what real story has that ever had? It's always been about the missions, I guess. And it's I guess Max Payne could have been good. I didn't see Max that. Payne could have been good. Yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it either, but and some people actually say say they quite like it, but it's, you know, fairly critically panned. But mm. um apparently they go off on some really fucking weird tangents. Mm. That kind of had potential at some point. Yeah. And it's not like uh, let's be honest, the Scott Pilgrim stuff isn't exactly directly, you know, isn't a, a, a game turned into things, but it has that culture in through it. Oh, uh, yeah, I suppose. You know. It's a bit different, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is a bit different. It's like Wreck It Ralph or something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think it's possible. I just think that the choices people have made so far have been bad. I don't know. I think the Half Life Two universe could support some good. Stories. Yeah, but, but it's like, but it wouldn't be. Yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be. You couldn't. You couldn't. Yeah, you couldn't weave it into the main. Could yeah, you, no. but then, but then, actually, the rest of the Half Life Two universe is that is as interesting because <laughs> it's like what you get. It's like oh, we're going to look at some freedom fighters in C seventeen fighting some. Yeah, but you can, robot things. You don't really. have to stay purely within. Well, no, but then, like, what else is there about well, the Half Life Two universe, really? Well, well, apparently humans have been suppressed and shoved in these shitty cities. And well, that's about there's, a lot, <laughs> there's a lot. Presumably, there's a lot of story about the, re- the revolution and the stuff outside. Well, it's like if they wanted, see, to, if they know. wanted to do something in the Half Life universe, they could do the actual war, but then that would just be a aliens versus humans fight. Yeah, but imagine it done in the style of Battlestar. You know, oh, what you mean, like the, that weird, way of filming it and that way of presenting focus it and, zooming. You know, if you made a sit, maybe it would suit a series more than a film. That kind of world, but but then again, that's, a, that's the seven hour war, so it wouldn't be a very long one. <laughs> Any long film? <laughs> no, I meant for a series. Yeah, seven, seven episode series. That could be really good. I mean, if you maybe get a higher budget per episode, so it's really good. And by you know, in theory, I guess the actual like in real in the reality for the Half Life universe, the seven hour war probably wasn't actually that interesting because no, that's why it only lasted seven hours. They came and then they and then everyone realised that we were fucked, and then they just stopped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who knows? 
it could whatever it is the thing is you have to sort of place trust in both of those people that and their and their companies if you think about what jj abrams has done like with star trek or whatever uh, he hasn't fucked up too badly yet and if you think of newell you know valve haven't fucked up too badly yet so i mean they take forever to do stuff but if you just mm. put your trust in them it's like maybe they're going to figure they're either they're not going to do something that isn't worthwhile i don't think no but just look like, at those guys let's be honest we probably won't see it for a decade <laughs> yeah exactly exactly well well jj abrams is going to make bloody star wars 7 <laughs> before then what if valve gets a star wars license <laughs> well disney own it yeah, right? yeah they could give it to anyone <laughs> What if what if failed get it? Apparently Obsidian have pitched an RPG set between I, episodes three and four. I have heard that. Yeah. That could be cool. I mean, I admittedly I'm playing Kotor two now and there are problems with it, but I mean I think they've learned a lot from that and Alpha Protocol and if, stuff. Obsidian are talented, I yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I mean that could be awesome. If, I wonder if they down if Obsidian have downscaled. Like I, I well, this, was, this was well, no, this was something I was intrigued about because presumably if their next if their thing that they're working on at the moment is that South Park game. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit of a step down from like Alpha Protocol, perhaps. Well, yeah. You know, you could argue it's but hopefully it's a small... it has more commercial the the potential than Alpha Protocol. Yeah, don't get me wrong, I really want to play that game. The South Park. It looks yeah, awesome. yeah, yeah. It does look <laughs> really cool. It's probably going to be a bit more of a delay, thanks to all the THQ shit. But yeah, well. Do you hear what happened so to Atari Volition or whatever it was? Uh, the, well, no, uh, is it Volition? Uh, what? The, what's the, the, no, not Volition. Who is it that made Vigil? Yeah. That made Dark Siders? Do you hear what happened? No. Crytek bought them Free Radical Style and made them Crytek USA. Just like really? Crytek UK. Interesting. Yeah. Wholesale. So, so what are they going to do? Well, who knows? Well, Maybe they're making all Dark I Siders. guess they didn't. I guess, what, well, did they buy the Darksiders IP with no, the studio? probably not. But they don't need Darksiders, really. I mean, it was fine. No, but then what are they going to do? Because, like, Free Radical or Crisis UK are, like, now basically Crisis's multiplayer division. That's true. Um... Well, who knows? And, you know, as much of a deal as was made of, like, you know, the hype train behind the Crisis 2 multiplayer, you know, who plays it? Well, you know, they've tried several times, Crisis and Crytek, to make a multiplayer game, and it's never really hit home. They should just say, fuck it, and make uh, Time Splitters Yeah, Especially if Crisis own that IP. And if they don't, screw it. Make a new IP that's the same. Yeah, I think they do, actually. I think they could make time splitters. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Well, what are they going to do with them? Or is it just going to be another auxiliary helper on crisis? Who knows? Cause you know, fuck that. <laughs> it's like, the, you know, they don't need more people to help with crisis. Crisis is, you know, yeah. Crisis is what it is. And I'm not sure it's like the, the best games in the world, but you know, it exists and I'm glad it does. If nothing for a show, technical showcase. But. Indeed. I think that's it. I okay. Can't, I can't think of anything else that's been going on. Zeg, do you want to talk about what you've been <laughs> playing? These are a bunch of general shit. <laughs> yeah. Anything it was quite you've general. been uh, uh, playing on your PC these past two weeks? Some stuff, I guess, sort of, maybe. <laughs> One thing that Rob needs to talk about as well, so. Okay. Dive on in. Fucking XCOM. Yep. Why do you? Why do you need to talk about that? Because he went, started playing. He went back and started. <laughs> Once I saw Rob start playing it, I was like, "Yeah, all oh, right, play okay." That. So also because I haven't played, I still haven't played it since all the patches came out, which supposedly fixed many fixed things. All the stuff didn't oh, actually shit. fix everything, but to, re- to reiterate though, what I said to Zach um, after I'd played it for a, well, what must have been ten hours in fucking two days. Or really? Something. 
holy shit, XCOM. Is it awesome? It's really good. I, I, I really want to play that too. It's, it's unbelievably good. I, I, I shouldn't... I, I kind of wish I'd played it before the end of the year. I still stick by Guild Wars 2 as game of the year for last year. Okay. Um, I still That hasn't changed my opinion, but oh my god, I should have played it because it probably deserved a, a, a nomination or a win for something. Well, it, yeah, it wasn't it... You, you rejected it over... You said... No, hang on. Anyway, Fez, you rejected it, didn't you, out of the top three, and you said, and it ended up being between Fez and Gilward, didn't it? Yeah, well, we mentioned it in the... You in... had some reason for... for <laughs> you hadn't talked about it in any of the other awards. Right? And, and, I said, and when it came we... to the game of the year, I said, you know, XCOM, that we don't really need to talk about because I don't think it's as good as some of these other ones. Right. So we didn't really talk about it. Okay. Yeah, and we, and we sort of deemed it, you know, the classic salad cast rules, it's hard to judge something if only one of us right, has played yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, but now you have, so give us the skinny... It's really good, really good, and uh, it's all right. Top best feature, I think it has compared to a lot of things. We were talking about Gonzo programming, like offhand, just before the show. Uh, we we went on air about the show. Gonzo programming for those of those those are the guys basically like Gonzo journalism, where you get too far into something really, and just oh, just one more thing, and keep working on it, and then you forget how much time you're actually spending on it, and then go oh shit. <laughs> XCOM is Gonzo Gaming. You just keep fucking going. It's like, it's hard to stop. It has that, just one more scan. I'll just play one more turn. Well, it's oh, more, it's more because, it's worse in XCOM because, because the missions pop up at a random time. You'll come out of a mission back to your base, and then you'll have your little list of things that come out where it's like, two days until your satellites are done, five days until this facility finishes. Like, so you're like, oh, two days, I'll just hit the scan button and pass those two days. But then another mission could pop up and then you're sucked into like spending an hour and a half doing this tactical mission before you get back to the base again. Yeah. Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, it was like it was 11 o'clock when... Zach was at my house last weekend. It was 11 o'clock and I suddenly had... Well, let's do the fucking alien base. Well, that was kind of my fault. Yeah, it was your fault. We started talking about it. You would have done a normal mission, and that would have been fine. But then I forgot how long the alien base mission actually was. Yeah, half one in the morning we finally finished, and it's just like, oh, God, I need to sleep. And I didn't realise how how it took it taken us that long to do it. It's like... But yeah, it, it's sometimes you just wish you had a life like Zach's. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> you can just play games and do nothing else. It's saying that I've still Woo! managed to put like sixteen hours into this over the last two weeks. Bloody hell! It's like it, it just has that draw. That. It's like if I want to, if I get, I get. I just, that's just what I want to play right now. Yeah. More than anything else, it's just keep going on XCOM. It's 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 great. It's it has this amazing ability, especially in the early game to make you feel like you're on the brink of failure at all times, yet right. you muddle through. Right, yeah. And it's it's kind of a good feeling, because it doesn't really matter too much at the start of the game. Yeah. Uh, but, and it's like, one of the, <coughs> it's got to be said that the tactical, you know, the turn-based actual mission stuff is pretty great. Um, it's the it's the meta game that is the glue. Without the meta game, that I don't think it would have quite so much of the draw that it does. It's It's the fact that you end up caring about your resources more than like oh I can just throw this shit at it I don't care about it you end up caring about your guys when someone yeah. dies it's a real big deal yeah yeah it's like oh nuts this, this guy I've been like who's gone through 15 odd missions with me and is my top dude has just got owned mm-hmm. and it's like that is a massive loss it's like you care less about it when your machinery dies or whatever yeah. it's still like it's a bit of money at the end of the 
die that stuff. I'll just build another one. But when your guy dies, it's better. I haven't felt that in a, in a, in a game, I don't think, for a while. It's like it's, it's the seriousness of it. And if you're playing it properly, you don't go back and, you know, the way you should play it is it is like a semi-iron mode. Don't go into iron mode because some glitches could perhaps ruin your experience. Even after they patch Even after the patch. But you wouldn't go back and load after losing a gun. No, exactly. It it doesn't, the game isn't quite that good. I've I've reloaded once in Mm -hmm. my, to go replay a mission, but that was after some serious glitchy bullshit happened and it was just like, you know what, I can't, I can't take that. I'm, 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 I'm doing this again. Um, one of the most prevailing glitches has to be said that during a tactical mission, um, there is a bug where enemies can spawn into some location just in the middle of where you can see. Mm, which teleporting which, aliens bug. They did, didn't get rid of it. No. It was one of my main problems that I had. It's it's a real shitter because it can turn how, how a battle works just like that. Well, that sounds and like a horrid bug. It's, it's horrific, yeah. When it happens, you can be... I've got quite lucky with it so far. I've seen it happen about three times now. One yeah. of which was to spawn a, a group of mutons, which are like the first for like frontline assault guy you, you come across. So they're quite heavy, and, and at that point in the game, I wasn't I wasn't well equipped to deal with them. No. Um, when I first encountered them, and it's like they just owned a dude immediately after appearing, like in the middle of my squad. And it's like, oh shit! How do I deal with this? And but fortunately, there wasn't so bad. I got quite lucky on the chances that then followed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, that's happened to me every time, apart from this one time where I basically just lost several guys. And uh, yeah, but most of the time, like, I've been quite lucky, and it's like it's not actually impacted it too much. Um, but it can be, it can be a shit. Just, just, just make sure you save before the mission. Mm-hmm. Just in case. Well, you have to. You know, like, auto saves anyway. But. Sometimes you have to start to recognize the bugs. Like, because it has the audio cues for when you can hear enemies moving around. Sometimes you can sort of predict when the, when that sort of thing's going to happen, where it's like, that, you start hearing enemies in, in a position, and you're like, that doesn't seem like somewhere where enemies could have got this time. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. <laughs> This, this could be bad. So to hang tight for a minute and see what actually happens. And yeah, and sometimes it, I was trying to describe to Zach, oh, I had a weird variant of that glitch where things would ping into a position they're not supposed to be, but then they wouldn't actually be there. They would just sort yeah, of like, like, appear there temporarily, do a little animation or something, and then actually, no, they're still where they're supposed to be. It oh, just okay. moved them weirdly temporarily. I don't think mm-hmm. I ever saw yes. that bug when I played it the first time through. I think maybe, like, maybe that's like. Maybe that was a partial patch to the teleporting alien bugs where they didn't get rid of the teleporting alien bugs entirely and also it introduced this, like, halfway house where the aliens appear for a minute and then it realises. Oh, yeah, we, yeah, we had that when we were doing the alien base, didn't we, where some chrysalids miles away from where my guys could actually see. They actually moved because you saw one of them on the bit of level where you were and it was like, oh, shit, and then it was like, oh, wait, it's not there any longer. It's yeah. <laughs> somewhere like, on it, the it upside of the map. It thought that I had seen it in my field of vision, but they weren't. And mm. it's like, and the game showed it in my field of vision very briefly. And then they were somewhere else. So that's okay. That presumably that's just something to do with the way that the aliens don't really exist until you see them. Maybe. Because sometimes, yeah. I'm not exactly sure how it works, that system, because sometimes it seems like they actually move 
when they're out of your view. And sometimes it just seems like they randomly reposition on the map. Like, it just jiggles their position inside the fog of war. Mm-hmm. And then once you see them, it's like, oh, now they're in this specific position. Like, Schrodinger's box or whatever. <laughs> I'm not sure which, what, how it actually works. Certainly once you've seen them, they move normally, even if you yeah. can't see them. And it, yeah, and it has to then work out their strategies, like, as if they were in the world properly, at least. But, yeah. Um, so, it's like, maybe that idea. bug is, like... Maybe it jiggles their position too close to the edge of the fog of war, and then one of them comes into your view, so it triggers the whole group, and then it has already repositioned. <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> or something. Yeah, kind of yeah. annoying. Anyway, yeah, that's so that's that's the biggest glitch you'll see, and it's um, now they fix the other ones. Well, yeah, as I say, still, still the shivs seem to work. Still, yes. Although the way that they fixed the shiv bug also seems like a <laughs> bit of a like lazy solution. Because I noticed that what they've actually done... Because I think what the shiv bug was, was you'd build one, and then when it got destroyed, you'd build another one, but it was basically fucking up the database entry, and it was trying to overwrite the old one with the new one, so the yeah, data okay. got confused, and then it still thought it was dead. So the way that they've solved that is when one blows up, it doesn't... It removes it from your list of available soldiers, but if you go to, like, the manufacturing screen, it still says you've got, like one shiv and it's like no I haven't because it blew up so when you put another one it says no you've got two so it's just like shiv no longer overwriting the data yeah. entries it's just creating a new one yeah well in fairness that list shows is the is the number that you've built yeah is like, but it's is like that that's not shows. so it's kind of that kind of it's not like it sense. shows all your satellites in there after you launch them they disappear no true <laughs> so yeah there's a bit of a cheap solution I think but at least it works yeah apparently. it works I don't, I don't mind that that's fine um yeah, I, I think they do just enough in that game with regards to the depth and complexity sort of thing to provide enough of a hook. I'm not so sure that I will... I don't know. Maybe if, if my game turns out well and I beat it, let's mm-hmm. say, if I beat the game and all, I'm not at this point convinced about whether I'd want to go in and do it again. Um, and part of that is because of the... You know, I'm already seeing quite a lot of level repetition. Like the areas in which you fight, they are not randomly generated. No. They are um, designed. Yeah. And it's like, which, you know, in, to a certain degree actually works out quite well because the designs are quite nice. You know, mm-hmm. there's a couple of bastard areas in some of them, but yeah. that's on purpose. And it's. Um, I didn't see any repetition the first game I played. Oh, I've somehow. seen quite a bit already. Like, I've played. Um, probably, like I've I played said, the Burger yeah. Joint several times, and I've played the Gas Station several times, yeah. and. Um, Actually, there's one of the levels that's incredibly similar to the gas station, but actually, instead of having the gas bit in the, the in the grocery store beyond it, it's got the um, uh, just a couple of buildings right, at yeah. the end of it. There's a very all the truck layout in front of it is identical, um, and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's so I've seen quite a bit of that. I'm still seeing new stages periodically, but mm-hmm. there is some repetition. I haven't seen a repetition of the outdoor areas yet. Hmm. Um, I just had, a, like I said originally, I had a feeling that it was to do with like your progression through the game, like different levels. I mean, obviously, the different alien ships is one of the things that is locked by your progression, so you won't mm. see these larger alien ship layouts until you get to that point in the story. But what, what are you playing on at the moment? I'm playing normal again. You're playing normal again. I, I think the balance of normal is really good. You know, presumably, I, I dread to think what it would be like on the start of the game in like classic mode. Well, I don't know. It's too, it's kind of too easy once you know what you're doing. But you classic is too hard. Mm. <laughs> it's the classic problem. Is there no intermediate between the two? No. Or? And then there's impossible, which presumably is impossible. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But it's like, compared to your game on the wall, I just seem to be doing really well. Because <laughs> I know what's going to happen well, you also, know what and game, I know yeah. what the research trees are. True. Like, yeah. I, I know what the research first is one of the major things. So yeah, I'm like, I, mean, I can like, prioritise it better. Like a lot of games of that type, all of Firaxis's heritage, I guess, you know, there's there's some level of not previous knowledge goes towards making a better strategy for next time. And, you know, it's just the nature of a strategy game, I guess. The more of the rules you understand, the more, you know, you can make a better plan. Yeah. Um, I, in a way, I think XCOM is a little bit more random than that to a degree. Like some of the circumstance that happens, especially in the early game, can hinder the plan you want to go to. Like, for instance, I went in with a prior knowledge um, from... Well, I don't know, podcasts and things like that, and you guys and Zach talked about before about the importance of the satellite stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I knew that you know that was going to be my focus at the start of the game, just to try and get those get satellites up, get get at least a couple up, and ha- um, or just like have some in reserve so you can cancel panic right at launching one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I didn't think of that at first, which did cause me a bit of a problem. I was very close to losing about three states at yeah, once. Well, that's, that's when I told you about the alien base mission. <laughs> Oh, there was a period, there was a moment before that as well, but luckily a story mission kind of knocked it down by one point, so I was still okay. And, you know, I, I've been quite lucky, so I haven't lost anyone. Yeah. So, you know, which is apparently quite unusual for like your first playthrough or something. But, yeah. Um, so I'm doing all right. I'm doing yeah. all right. It's, uh, yeah, it sounds like you've got a handle on it. Yeah. I mean, I have some presentational gripes there was a moment in the story where i don't think i i think maybe maybe i'm not sure quite how i managed to make it flow but it seemed like some of the detail for that story hadn't been fully told to me before and it was like i they had just assumed it was when i discovered the alien the first alien base like the mo the, the process in which i found it kind of just it wasn't really explained that that what what was i that was what i was doing mm-hmm. it just suddenly went to a cut scene it's like oh there you are base and it's like Wait, sorry. What? What just? What just happened? What, it sounds like I was supposed to know that this was. But there was the other thing where they talk like... about the outside the shard being resonating with a thing, and then you can detect this frequency and find them. That's afterwards, isn't it? Well, maybe maybe uh, that it did go out. Uh, of the water. Uh, maybe, I don't remember hearing that, but maybe I, maybe I, I think I skipped that <laughs> or, some, or, or, or something happened that meant that I didn't get it. In <laughs> you quite, were distracted, yeah, or yeah, quite the way the game intended, or something. Like but you can do stuff out of order, which I had happen, with where it was just like I'd already the it, you, it gives you specific like sort of objectives towards progressing the story, hmm. and at the start it's like capture an alien. And then you're meant to interrogate it, and then, it, then from the interrogation, you're meant to determine, oh, we have to capture one of these outsider aliens because they're important somehow, and then you get the outsider key, and then you go to the end base. But because I sort of already knew that, the first alien I captured was an outsider. Oh, right. So when it interrogate, when I interrogated, well, because you can't interrogate the outsider, so I already had the outsider shard. And then when I actually captured a regular alien and interrogated it, it was like, maybe you should capture one of these outsiders. <laughs> like, no, I've already done that. Really and then all subsequent on subsequent missions when I was shooting the outsiders instead of capturing them, it's like, no, you have to capture them. It's like, so, no, I don't. <laughs> so if you did you still have it and was available for interrogation on your research trip? Well, or, for research, yeah. But you just couldn't do it until you'd done a second. Well no, I could do it, but it was just like it was just So like, could you have fucked it up even further just by doing it and then Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. 
I wonder what would have happened. It gets quite irritating. Sometimes I've had the message about when you blow aliens up with explosives and, you know, Barlon comes over the tannoy yeah. saying, you should probably not use explosives to kill aliens. We don't get anything from it. It's like, shut up. I know. It was drastic measures. It's only meant to happen once, though. I, I had a few times. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, some little things like that. And also it's the fact that they use... Um, I've been racking my brains as to where this comes... But they use a lot of, like, I don't know, very recognisable sound. Like, sound that's been in, like, a million games before. Mm. And, um, like, the footsteps are an obvious one. They, they, It's a very familiar... Library sound, stand, yeah. Standing on metal kind of... Dunk, dunk, dunk. You'd recognise it immediately when you heard it. But I've been trying to work out where that sound is from... Because it's like, oh, what games have used it? And I'm sure it's several. Yeah. But I can't place it. But it's just, and it's a bit overdone in places as well. Like some of the scientists, even when they're just sort of standing there on the <laughs> no, spot, they'll not- have these weirdly out of time sudden footstep sounds like, donk! <laughs> it's just a bit weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like they, it was like the, the sound effects were for a different version of that cutscene where they moved differently. Oh, okay. <laughs> and now they shift their weight at a different point in the sentence so the sounds don't <laughs> line up. Yeah. I still haven't got around to trying it on controller as well, oh. which is supposedly the better way to play the missions. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say. Because mouse and keyboard has a few weird... You can. Really? It has a... Um, like, when you're moving over the terrain, it will try and block out the things that are in the way of your vision and, like, just show them as a wireframe. But sometimes that can get a bit twitchy and it's hard to know, like, where exactly you're actually pointing and things. And, like, so can you gamepad the whole game? Yeah. You could if you wanted to, yeah. So you could... Uh, you could big picture it. Plug yeah. it into your PC, yeah. into your TV. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's perfectly capable of doing that. but highly highly recommend it Mm. it's like it caught me off guard just how much i got into it actually i was kind of excited to play it after we did the the gameplay video for the site when it came out but but i was surprised just how much it's hooked me it's genius i wonder what i'm not sure what they could do with it if they were to try and make a sequel of it, you know, like an Enemy Unknown 2. Or... Well, apparently they just need to go underwater and then... <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps, like, an experiment of random generation. You know, there are some oddities, for instance, I guess, that maybe, that, you know, for extra variations in how things play out that yeah. they perhaps could have done. Like, you know, whenever you shoot down a UFO, conveniently it's always in a forest. Yeah. No matter where in the world it is, yeah. it's always in a forest. Well, they could add stuff from the to the metagame from the original, the more complex stuff of having bases in different places in the world. So, you know, maybe that's a plan for DLC, I don't know. Like, yeah. well, I also don't know what this second wave stuff be is quite about. Drastic, well, the second wave is just, like, new game plus options. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. it's, so it's... That was one of the patches. Yeah. That did that. Okay. Because <laughs> that, was, that was actually in the game. It was just hidden. It was, like, developer options. And then once people hacked it and were like, what... You should have put these in. Mm. And then they were like, yeah, we kind of should have. <laughs> so they did. Because actually, you know what, this, like Civ, I guess, this game could really, it could do well from DLC stuff. You know, es- yeah. especially in this particular iteration of the game. Because, you know, Civ has the problem where, you know, when they make a brand new version of it, it broke. Yeah. They, they take stuff, stuff out, out yeah. and then put it back in, in DLC, Gradually. which sounds, can sometimes feel a bit off, yep. you know, from a marketing point. Civ Five still probably not as good as Civ Four. No, I'm yet to play it. I've actually got it thanks to Zach. Yep. Yeah, um, and I kind of want to like more now because <laughs> now of, you played it because of Xbox. <laughs> yeah, it's like I've got my. I'm getting this turn-based itch. You really are going to lose your life. I don't know what. I don't know what. I 
I can't really see any proper way to make DLC or sequels for this game. It just seems like there's they can't really. Or surely they can do the variation thing. Surely, well, like if add they want scena- to add more scenarios, add more levels, perhaps add random map generation. Yeah, but they sort of. Tr- that's the first bit of DLC they did make was they added like three more story missions oh, where you go to specific maps. But it's just like that's. I don't think that's worth it <laughs> for the cost of a DLC. I know, yeah, I wouldn't want story missions. Well, out yeah, of DLC. I, I mean, obviously like... you have. But then, if if it's just like some new levels, that doesn't feel worth it for DLC either because it's like. How much effort did that really take? No, How well designed are these things really? No, <laughs> or is no, it just like throw down some random objects? I know what you mean. I wouldn't want that to be the only thing. This all of what we're talked about sounds like it should be one, but you know, fairly decent, fairly value for money. But pack. then it still has the same problem of like of this and Mass Effect and a whole bunch of other games where it's like you've already finished the story. <laughs> Do you really want to go back and play it again just to see new stuff? Maybe. If it enhances the game in a, in a significant way so you, you can tackle it slightly differently. Yeah, but I'm not sure how significant they can make it. It's like, I, they didn't really... They simplified the tech tree and everything so much and now there's no way they can, like, re-complicate it yeah, <laughs> without maybe. making a totally maybe. new game at this but point. Say, maybe Dan's right. Maybe the sequel will be, like, we'll, we'll, we can add this complexity back in now that we think we've... Now that we've got the core framework kind maybe. of laid maybe. out, we can... I'm but still... then then they've... It's like, that's probably true, but then they back themselves into a story corner on the, on the flip side, where it's like, we've already dealt with the alien invasion. All right. It's over. Uh, well, I suppose on the, on the, uh, the alternative side of this coin is what are Firaxis going to do next then? Are they actually going to make a sequel? Sure, yeah. That bit's inevitable, but it's like now that they've sort of branched out a bit sort of. from just Civ into... I don't know if Civ 6 is inevitable either. No. I don't know what they're going to do. Maybe not yet. Alpha Century 2. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and you can mix that with XCOM quite nicely. Yeah. <laughs> it's, they should just make oh. it a bit Uber game. Oh. Combine Sim and the tactical game. And call All it right. Sure, right? All right, I'm in. I'd play that. <laughs> that game would be fucked. <laughs> it would <laughs> take like a hundred hours to finish a normal making game. Oh, man, that would be epic. Can you imagine that? Actually, you know what? Maybe if they... Okay, maybe if they don't go the whole hog and do like... Full on Civ style, yeah. Control. Maybe if they streamline that as well, so it's a bit more like Civ Rev. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe Civ Rev combined with New XCOM would work really well. That'd be fucking tight. But yeah, top notch game. Top notch anger generating. Yeah, okay. It, do, it does. <laughs> I'm, I'm still <gasps> making. Yeah, I do have still have the. Okay, yeah. I, I, this was a point I was going to bring up, but didn't. I still have the maintain the point that I am one of the luckiest. Unluckiest. <laughs> I decided. Did I sound lucky? No, you said luckiest. Okay, I am one of the unluckiest fucking gamers about anything that can go wrong will happen <laughs> to me. Um, this is very evident in Everyone my multiplayer game. Right? But it, like, <laughs> all right, uh, two turns in a row where a fucking 80% chance on pretty much all of my squad members does not succeed. Yeah, yeah. That is some serious dice roll bullshit. It's like, enough to wind me up. Apparently, like, I don't feel it when I'm playing the game, but Gnome apparently gets quite annoyed with me while I'm playing XCOM because it's just... It's, I can play the game. You know, you don't have to have it up loud. Yeah, you, you don't, don't have to have it blasting out the speak. It's just the occasional, oh, no! Or, <laughs> yeah. fucking hell! that comes out of my mouth every now and then is enough to... <laughs> yeah. It's... I wouldn't go as far as the uh, Ryan Davis approach of calling the game stressful. 
as he does. It has its moments where you're just like, oh, holy shit, this is tense. Yeah. Like, this, this, could, this could go real bad real quick. Yeah. Um, actually, no, I, want, I do, there is one thing I do want to complain about. I'm not a fan of the, how, just how much of a reaction the aliens get when, they, when you first spot them on your turn. Because sometimes that can fuck you up so bad. Like, especially if, like, a group of melee class aliens move right towards you. And it's like, shit, how do I get out of this? My guy's already used half of his turn at best. This is the best scenario you could have in this thing. It's like your guy, it's the first guy you're moving your turn, and you've moved him half half of his move points, so he still could potentially backtrack. But there's still shit tons of guys right next to him because all the melee classes have closed in. And then you've got to somehow deal with these melee classes in one turn, maybe. Mm. And if you want to try and not lose the guy, you're in a real shitty bad place. Well, really, the only it's, way... I, I, eventually, it's one of it's another one of those things where you just start to learn how the game works, and then you start to come up with the actual solutions, where... It works on something like berserkers you could intimidate out of danger. I well, guess, yeah, but, but it's like the real solution to that sort of situation where, especially if it's right at the start of your turn, is if you can get literally every one of your guys so no aliens can see them, then they can't attack you because they have to use their move first move with melee characters. They have to use their first move to find out where you are, and then they can't attack. Maybe. Yeah. So, so that you don't you don't often get that. That, that, you don't often get that scenario, in fairness, especially if that happens and they're all surrounding your dude as far away as you can move. It's not enough. Well, it's, some, it's, it's the high cover is your only hope. It's like if you can get around a corner so you're out away from the corner but in high cover in the middle of a wall, then they, that's where they can't see you. Well, maybe. But <laughs> it's it's presumably, presumably the AI would be clever enough to actually sort of just make the move. Well, they, they know to move there, but then they've still wasted their move. Yeah, maybe. So you've at least but they've still got an attack turn if you're on. Yeah, but you're only if they're next to you. They have the same limitation as it's, you. They can only move and attack or move twice. It's a very, very limited chance. Is, is you have to there. work these things out. But it's, a, it's still a very, very limited chance, even in that scenario. Cause... But really, if it's the first guy on your, on, that you've moved in turn, you should be able to shoot them if you've played ta- the right tactics. Yeah, what if I flanked them? What if I've heard where they're coming from and I've got the drop on them? Where's the got the drop moment? You know, I kind of like that. Yeah. Or I'd I'd like a bit more of it. Perhaps there was a chance, like per enemy, maybe, of them being surprised. (laughs) Like back attack. Yeah. Yeah. That would be good. I think that would have made that better. Because it's a a little unfair as it stands. Because they get that even if it's their turn and they move into like like patrolling floaters uh, are quite common. And if they move into your vision range, they still get this reaction moment, so they could get a free move almost. Yeah. And then sometimes that can fuck you up because it's their turn, and they may still have attack points. Normally, only one though. I think. I think that's how that works. When they do their spread out thing, it still actually counts as their first move. So if they don't move again, yes, they can yeah, still yeah, shoot. yeah, true, true. They still, but you know, they still have their secondary action or whatever. Yes. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's. It feels a little crap in places, that system. I mean, it makes a nice cinematic moment because they can do that little cut thing. <laughs> yeah. Which it would, and to be honest, even after all of them I've seen, the sectoid one is still a coolest. Yeah. But it is really weird when you do actually get the, because the only way you can do it is like when you do actually get the drop on aliens, for example, by using the battle scanner, which is the one thing that lets you see outside your vision range. Mm. But then the aliens just stand there, which looks really weird, particularly if it's like, the one time I had it happen, I threw a battle scanner into. Well, it was really. It was 
it was a weird move because I was setting up to like look into this last room and I had my guys, I had half my team quite far back and a couple of them near the door, but not near enough that they could actually see into the room. So it, it was still not fully set up. And I threw a battle scanner to just see if I could see. I didn't really, this was me more experimenting with how battle scanners even work. But I was like, I wonder if I can see them through the, when they don't actually exist. But the battle scanner I threw hit the door, which opened it. <laughs> <laughs> which was extremely weird for a start, because I didn't even know that could happen. <laughs> but then it was like, so I could I could see the room more clearly, but it was still in fog of war. And then the battle scanner picked up the aliens, and they were just, like, standing there. And it was doubly weird, because they were outsiders, and outsiders don't really exist until you see them. So it was just, like, a couple of little floating crystals in midair in the middle of the room, just sort of jiggling on their turn, like they were looking around, except they didn't have a model. Hmm. And I was like, well, that's really strange. And then I could actually snipe one of them. So it was like, well, I guess that sort of worked, weirdly. It's kind of neat, in a way. <laughs> but not really how the game was designed to work. No, I don't think it <laughs> expected you to do that no but no it's nice that the crystals are just there you know, rather than just being invisible yeah yes but, but the fact that it's like it's weird that they'd include that battle scanner that the game almost doesn't seem designed to work with it mm. <laughs> it's like that the, when you actually see how this is working mechanically it just doesn't look i guess right. it's the one opportunity you have perhaps to do the get the drop thing yeah but, but it's like most of the time when you're moving forwards for an area you hear the enemies moving, and then they're basically less than one turn away. It's like, if you, if you wait a turn, they'll come to view. If you move, they'll be in view. Not always. I mean, if you, you, sometimes you hear stuff, and naturally they don't move, or they don't come to you, or they don't... Or you can have turns where they don't do anything. Well, sometimes it depends on the layout, because like a lot of the... Especially with the UFOs and stuff, and especially the larger UFOs, you get, like this group of aliens is probably only going to move within the cargo bay unless you activate them and open one of the doors and then they're free to run out the yeah. doors or in the doors or whatever. So they're like, they're sort of limited to an area yeah. before you see them. I'm still yet to see an, an alien open a door. No, they don't do it unless they've been triggered. Yeah, but you know, even when they've been alerted, like... Oh, they, they'll open doors. So, so, uh, yeah, I still, I still haven't seen it, but... I mean, I swear on occasion there have been aliens that have been outside of the fight, you know, come in. You know, there's some kind of alert system there. Yeah, because so, I thought that happened really, too. It's not really exposed to the to you as the player, but you know, there's I'm sure a group of a group of chrysalids once snuck, flanked me, basically came around the back while I was assault, assaulting that cargo well, I think that and I hadn't seen them before. I hadn't, they, they, and they didn't play the reaction. They didn't play. They were like just aware that I was there and were coming. I think that can sometimes happen when when it is just a lot of more open level where the, the groups of aliens are free to move. They will try and flank you even though you haven't triggered them and they, even though they shouldn't know you're there. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of that. I mean, it's kind of cool in a way because that, that scenario played out really interestingly because I had a group of mutons in front, these chrysalids coming from behind. So I had to come up with some, like, a backtrack in a different direction, take a risk in it, like, going into an hadn't, unknown area. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't been before to try and deal with it. And got incredibly lucky that I dealt with the chrysalids just as I backed into a floater patrol and then dealt with those at the same time. It's like that was a, that was a really interesting fight. I lost a guy to a berserker in that in the middle of it. But... No, it wasn't a berserker, it was a grenade. Fuck, yeah, that was it. There's nothing more annoying when, like, you're in an area where you can't get out of and it's like you're totally boat. Because I did have, there have been the worst situations are where you're on the edge of the map or something. And there's just aliens and there's no room to maneuver. Mm. I have, there's one particular map, which is like this, 
is one of the graveyard maps, but it's a more, it's like a narrow graveyard and it's like stepped. But I've, I've basically never seen the back half of this map because your, your dropping area is like minuscule. It's just like a, a road that goes in front of the cemetery. And as soon as I've moved up to the wall, every time I've been on this map, as soon as I've moved up to the graveyard wall, there's just like six or seven aliens right there mm. and all the other aliens just patrol into your view and you can't go anywhere. So it's just like there's no room to maneuver. You just have to shoot everything as fast as you fucking possibly can. Mm. Yeah. That mission I, I, killed me one time. I haven't seen many. I've only seen one graveyard level and it's not that one. So it's not right. the, like the one we did in the quitting. Yeah, like, the old square in, graveyard. In the game. Yeah, I haven't had that one in my main playthrough yet either. So there's, yeah, there's plenty of areas and there's some story specific well, not story specific, but the council will occasionally give you missions, and those levels seem unique to that. Yeah, because um, they have that they have like special objectives, like yeah. bring the civilian or whatever. Yeah, and those are missions that are also useful for leveling up shit guys because they always have shit aliens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's that's basically even at the end of the game, it's still shitty fit then. <laughs> I, yeah, I was just quite surprised. I had a whole VIP mission that had nothing but sectoids. Yeah, it's kind of fun in a way because it was tons of them. Yeah, but it was nothing. But it was all like e- easy, easy kills. That's where you level up your rookies. Yeah, <laughs> take a shit squad, <laughs> and the rewards are normally pretty good for those as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So XCOM. For the love of God, play it. <laughs> we'll have to. Yeah. <laughs> Sometime. Candidate for 2011 game... Uh, wait, 2012 game of 2013. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I'm glad GTA Five is delayed because I, I wouldn't have clipped my backlog before that. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to fit in things like XCOM. I've got to get um, Walking Dead going. Oh, yeah, I still haven't played episode three of that. I'm only two. Mainly because I'm trying to do it with Gnome. Yeah, of finding a mood where she's infused for that sort of thing is kind of tricky. <laughs> so, any other games going on? Yeah, there was okay, <coughs> quite a lot more Guild Wars because I wasn't going to, but uh, like they they they've got their monthly updates thing that they did where you know they yeah, did yeah. the October Halloween thing, and then in December there was the Christmas, Christmas thing, thing, and in November there was that weird event. But the January one was just like a pre-event to another event. It's just like. We're just, this is basically just a patch. Right. <laughs> We're going to have a break from doing these big events every month. And I wasn't going to play it, but then there was achievements. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn it. Luckily, it was a really simple achievement. It was just like, look at the thing, basically, for right, okay. just, just see how this, they're calling it living story, where it's like actual things change in the world, hmm. which is basically what Guild Wars 2 is all about, but yeah. <laughs> but related to this story. And it's like, oh, refugees are coming down off the mountains and something bad's happening up there, but we don't know what it is yet. And that's as much information as we have right now because that's when the event's set. Because it's not when we find out. <laughs> it's like, so you go up, you just like run out in the world and assist these refugees. And okay. Get a mini achievement for it. And I was like, yeah, oh, God damn it, there's an achievement. I haven't missed any of the holiday, I haven't missed any of the special event ones yet. Got all the, all the Halloween ones and all the Christmas ones. I just suddenly remembered some random news oh, that yeah. I was going to bring up. Did you hear about the Eve fight? Oh, what? Yeah, oh, yeah. Stupid Eve fight. Yeah. I did see that. Big old Eve the fight. biggest fight in current game history, wasn't it? Or what was it like Green versus the Reddit army? It's, it's, yeah, yeah it's, it's something awful versus Reddit, basically. Specifically, Clusterfuck versus Test, was it? It's Clusterfuck is the sort of Goonswarm alliance because Goonswarm is like a one of the com- is one of the corporations inside, yeah. and then Reddit. I can't remember what their actual 
corporation was, but their their alliance is called Tested Alliance. Please ignore because <laughs> oh, they're hilarious. Because of everyone's <laughs> most favourite Reddit. Well, that's the top Reddit post of all time. Yeah. Test post, please ignore. <laughs> but, I mean, it's. it's also like kind of you know it's one it's a, it's a it, that it's a sort of classic maneuver to like make yourself look innocuous by making it look like an error, even in a game. Obviously, in Reddit, that's the whole idea of that post, but yeah. it translates well enough to games too. Yeah, you still wouldn't trust it if it was the biggest. It's like it's a massive fucking thing, isn't it? Yeah, I think you'd probably be able to tell if you look for like two seconds. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get anything about have, jerks have, on the internet. It may have been a test alliance, but it isn't anymore. Yeah, yeah. I doubt it ever was. No, too many people on Reddit now. But yeah, Damn it. they just had a big fight. Sort but, of it was, but it was crazy. Like. um the description on Checkpoint was great for it. Yeah. It was just like, because of time dilation and the amount of things, the reinforcements could get to the fight in normal speed. And then, of course, they entered the the, 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 bubble. the, the thing where it's happening and everything was really slow. So basically, like, people were entering the fight quicker than they could be destroyed yeah. or get out of it. So it just ended up enormous. And what was the figure they came to? Like, was it twenty thousand dollars of real? If you did the conversion between in-game disc of property through plaques through to real yeah. money, it's like twenty-two thousand dollars worth of equipment was destroyed. Yeah, in, in the fight, and it's awesome. like it's like holy crap. The screenshots look amazing. <laughs> the screenshots just look so like cool. I don't even know how that <laughs> how that would even work as a fight because I mean, I'm well. Actually, I guess it is different now because back in the old days, the Titans used to have air of effect super weapons, and that would have prevented that kind of fight happening. Right. <laughs> There's no screenshots; you would just everything there would have blown up because yeah. the Titans would have fired off the super weapon and hit like a thousand ships. <laughs> but now the target, now the super weapons got changed quite a while ago to be targeted, so they're mm. not. They take less time to fire and recharge, but you can only shoot one thing at once. Right, okay. <laughs> it's like Clusterflight fared pretty badly, didn't they, in terms of their Titans? They lost like three of them. Well, it's because they had some... That, it was their mistake that triggered the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that was the story behind it. Someone accidentally attacked something, basically, and it just turned into a fight. Well, no, it was because they they made... They'd agreed to fight each other, but not attack infrastructure. Because they got bored of having the technetium. Because um, they, yeah, because they were basically monopoly. having a giant market monopoly, and they were like, oh, there's not a fighting going on, let's have a fight. So they arranged <laughs> to have a fight, and then, so they detected, the Goon Swarm fleet detected that there was enemies in the next system, and they were like, okay, we're going to get the drop on them. And the Titans have a thing where you can make, and it's like Titans and Black Ops ships have a thing where you can make a like a warp tunnel between two systems, so you don't have to use the actual gate. Right. But the, the, apparently he misclicked and only warped himself through this warp tunnel rather than the whole fleet. <laughs> oh. So it's just the Titan appeared on the other side. Oh, <laughs> like, oh yeah, 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 you fucked up. So like, guys, help, help! So then everyone else had to come through the normal gate, and then all, that alerted the direct, all the enemies, and then you know, big fight. So yeah, that's hilarious. Ridiculous. It's great. What were we talking about? Guild Wars. Yeah. yeah MMOs. <laughs> so I played some of that. But then the other thing I did was once I'd done the mini achievement for this living story thing, they'd also updated like daily and monthly achievements to make them slightly more varied, but also more doable in my opinion. Right. And there's also another, there's another, like yet another type of currency that you get for doing daily achievements that you can use to buy specific things and I was like oh sweet I can do these and get this currency and buy awesome shit eventually 
So yeah, and then I and then I was like, well, the dailies are easy to do now, so I can hash them out in like a couple of hours or whatever. And then, but then it was like the month seasons for February look doable as well on those. So I'm gonna have to play this more. <laughs> <laughs> so I did play it quite a lot more. But it's yeah, it's surprising how much how well it's not that surprising, but I guess it's still quite nice that there's quite a lot of people still around. I even managed to do map completion on the last areas, like the level eighty areas. By my, well, almost by myself. There was that. I think I talked about it before. But there was there's one, there was one specific area. It was one of the skill points on the last map where where it had one specific type of enemy standing in front of it that I just couldn't deal with. It was a veteran of this one specific type of enemy, and I just that for some reason that enemy was completely decimated. Oh, yeah. Me. Right? Yeah. Did you say about that before? Yeah, I did yeah. say that about before. But that is like that was the only bit that I eventually. There was just like another random guy in the vicinity, and I was like, "Oh, he looks like he's going that direction. Let's follow him." <laughs> so we did that with two people, but everything else I managed to stealthily like run around and so on. And a lot of that is just really dumb. And well, particularly the last bit is like the entrance to the last dungeon, which is basically the end of the story. Because actually, the end of your personal story, you have to do one of the five man dungeons. Oh, really? Because that's actually the end of the story. <laughs> oh. Weirdly. But the entrance to that is, it's basically, the entrance to it is at this huge, at the end of this, like, huge promenade of, like, stepped areas. And along the sides of these areas are these statues. And when the enemy control the, like, temples in the different areas of this final island, those statues become active and then have error effects that just fuck you up, basically. Okay. So it's... And then in order to control that last waypoint so you can even get to it, you have to, like, lead NPCs up there. So you obviously you have to disable the statues by doing all these other... It's basically a huge mess of events that all have to happen to be able to actually let you get there. Mm-hmm. But then I only needed to... I basically only needed to run up to it to discover it to finish the map. I didn't actually need to go in dungeon or anything, so I didn't need it to be under friendly control. Yeah. So then I was like, that, that was like the weird challenge of like, how am I going to stealthily get up there? What combination of skills do I have to get to avoid all these enemies and just dodge the damage for long enough to survive to run all the way to the end of this thing? <laughs> that was one of the, that was sort of what I did when I was doing map completion of the world versus world areas as well. Where it's like, I don't actually want to act get into any PvP fights, so I'm going to have to equip all my skills for dodginess and try and just evade everything. So that was pretty ridiculous. I did manage to do it eventually after, like, three tries where I got almost to the end and then just died every time. I was like, so close. Map completion. But yeah, that was pretty funny. And I'm still... It's like, so I've done the end of the game map completion and most of everything that leads up to it. And I then I did, while I was doing my dailies, I did the Charlands map completion because their areas got up to, like, level 70. And I hadn't done... Actually, I hadn't done any of theirs, really. I hadn't done anything from 30 to 70, which was about three areas. So I did that. And now I've only got the Norn areas to go, which is... Norn. I think that I think I've got to do their starting area, so that's 1 to 15. And then they have a second area that's, like, 15 to 25, and then, for some reason, they have a 70 to 80 area. <laughs> what? Because uh-huh. totally <laughs> apparently their story doesn't stay in their original area long, very long. It goes somewhere else. Ah, okay. And then comes back. Are you going to try that, then? Make a character? I do have a Norn character. Oh, I, know. Right. I didn't get very far through it in okay. their personal story. But yeah. So, I've so when got... you say personal story, is that different from the 
overarching story. Well, that is the same story. That's oh, what I'm okay. talking about. Because it's personal, yeah. in theory. And it ends in the dungeon. Oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of annoying. It means we'll have to do that at some point. Yeah. I'll have to do that at some point. But, oh, that was the other thing that was quite nice about it, because when I, a couple of, a couple of days when I was looking at the map for that last, like, approach, it was actually open. It's like, oh, people are actually still doing it. <laughs> it is actually possible that it might be under friendly control, so you can get in there and go through it with people. But yeah, I've got, so I've got probably four map areas to go, maybe. And it's not like they're much of a challenge any longer. Maybe the 70s to 81 will be, but <laughs> all the lower level ones, even though I get downscaled to that level, I still have my high level equipment. So yeah, I'm, of course. Yeah, it's just a walkover. Yeah, just trundle through it. But yeah, I'm not sure. And the other thing I'm worried about is I'm not sure whether you have to do all the jumping puzzles for map completion, whether they count towards that count. Well, it depends. Some of the areas, some of the jumping puzzles have their own areas. Yeah, so that's what I was thinking. Mm. So yeah. I might end up looking those up on the wiki. I found quite a lot of them, really. Fair enough. And I, it's like some of them you can like infer where they are by their names. It's like, oh, this is named the same place as this area of the map, so I just have to go there and like scrape the walls to see if there's an entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Which I definitely did for one. Where it's like, oh, look, behind this bush, there's a, actually a tunnel. Oh, God, yeah, you showed me that one. It's, it's possible. Well, not, that, not just the not, one in Lizard, but there's others like that, yeah. Oh, yeah, not, not that one. Yeah, there was one you showed me out in the world that's kind of, like, just looks like a bit of wall. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, I can walk through this. It can be quite bastards like that. Some of them are a bit more obvious. There's a couple where you can see, like, the end of the area where it's like, I, there's a mysterious hole in the ceiling and I can see oh, a yeah, level yeah, up yeah. there. <laughs> there must be a jumping puzzle that's linked to that somehow. Gotta be here somewhere. Yeah, and I also it's quite fun. It's almost just as fun trying to find the entrance sometimes as then actually doing the puzzle. <laughs> actually, one of the ones I, I, it was weird. I scraped up against the wall by accident in this one area, and it revealed the name of an area that I knew was not exactly a jumping puzzle. It's like a mini dungeon. Mm. It revealed the name of the area, and I was like, "How the fuck do I get in there?" <laughs> Yeah, so like, I like scraped the wall again, and then I accident. Then I found there's a bit of wall that's just non-solid, and then I walked through it and fell to my death because there was no level. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's not the entrance, apparently." <laughs> you found it. It's just an like, error. And then I because I spent ages looking for that thing, and it turned out it was a teleporter entrance where the entrance was like on the other side of the map. I was like, "Oh god damn it!" Oh, <laughs> big fucking those. waste of time. One of those. So it's not the one in Asura territory, No, it? it was up in the Charlands, oh, okay. but it's similar. It was in the Surrogate, of course, because mm. that's what they're always like. And then I couldn't even complete that dungeon because the last boss was a bastard, and I was doing it solo. I was surprised I got that far solo, really. <laughs> but yeah, so I did quite a lot more Guild Wars. And it's still pretty awesome, and there's still quite a lot of people doing it. Cool. Enough people around to be interesting. The, one of the monthly achievements is do five dungeons, so that's where I need other people. Need to get in some squads. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't got the, I haven't got the uh, the the itch right now for that. No, I think I think well, we've might, got other things. Yeah, I think there X-Con may be. A, yeah, I think there may be. And Borderlands. And Borderlands. Yeah, I think there may be a bit of a break, and then maybe I'll feel like going back into it. So because we did do quite a lot of it by my standards well, last yeah. year, you know, and we're we're coming up to the bit where well, the, our next storyline mission is the ridiculous fight, the giant fort fight. Where it actually gets a lot of those zombie buggers start turning up. Yeah, <laughs> you get sick of them very quickly because yeah. it's all zombies. It's all zombies from here on. 
Well, not really, but a lot more zombies. It scales. It's like gradual ramp up of zombies until you're up to 100% <laughs> zombies in the last areas. So, Rob, what have you been up I'll to? I'll one else? more thing as well. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll be quiet. Yeah. There's <laughs> one more thing. I was, in, I was kind of alternating this for some reason. That's true. Yeah. Well, sort of, well, we talked about it. It's yeah. first, I guess. But go ahead. I also played Antichamber all the way through. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, showed, you showed me that. Okay, what's the deal with Antichamber? As just like a puzzle platformer, I guess. A platformer? Puzzle platformer, okay. sort of. First, first person. person. Yeah. Oh, right. It's like portal, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or cube. Okay. It's probably a more close comparison because there are cubes as well, okay. coincidentally. Mm. But yeah, it's just like that everyone went on and on about non Euclidean geometry, and it's yeah, like, yeah. yeah, it's not really, but <laughs> that just means geometry which can't, which doesn't make sense. And then someone said non Euclidean at some point, and then everyone hooked onto that word without knowing what that actually means. <laughs> means, yeah. <laughs> Because non-Euclidean geometry doesn't make sense. Would be really sense. goddamn difficult yeah. to simulate. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Yeah, a lot more difficult than this. Because basically, all this is is portals. They're yeah. just invisible portals. Whereas, like, how you define space time and all that jazz. Yeah, basically, it's like curve curvature where curve space yeah. where the angles of a triangle can add up to more than 180 degrees because the actual angles are curved away from the mm-hmm. center point or whatever. Sometimes, yeah, but this is this is just portals, basically. But they're invisible portals, where it's like you can walk down a corridor, and then what's behind you changes because you've walked through a portal into a different version of that corridor, <laughs> which may not have a portal as you uh, on, on the, the way, way back. back. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's got some really interesting stuff, but not enough of it. <laughs> it I turns into my... block puzzles. Well, you showed pretty much most of the game, yeah, and it's like because <laughs> I knew where to go, so yeah. I showed this to Robin. I did it in like twenty minutes. Yeah, and it's pretty cool. And I, I, I see, like you know, if you're playing it yourself, there'd be a really cool sort of like, oh yeah, sort of like nice realization experience going on. Yeah, um, as you figured out its tricks and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it plays all of its tricks quite early. Yeah, yeah. And then, well, it's like it plays. My it plays the ingenious level design tricks early and then you just get a, basically you get a gun and the idea of the gun is you can pick up and place these little cubes and then you get upgraded versions of the, of the gun that can interact with the cubes in different ways so as soon as you get the gun it basically turns into manipulate these blocks puzzles rather than working yeah. your way through the environment puzzles yeah and then a lot and then yeah you're right now a lot of the sort of like the, the uniqueness of the game kind of goes because yeah. it's like you know you don't you're not having to use these block puzzles with much of the traversal of the world stuff, which is where the game's awesomeness lies. You know the two don't really, yeah, and they and I don't that way. I don't think they went really far enough with the ingenious. It was like I was kind of expecting that we'd go through one of these like portals or you know invisible portals, and you'd be on the ceiling like upside down or something because yeah, right. that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah, but that doesn't happen. And I was like, "How did you miss do that some, trick? Do some weird Escher shit." You mean? Yeah, exactly. When you say non Euclidean, you think Escher. Yeah, it's like, yeah. why not? You could have stairs that go all over the place, and you have to go through different doors to walk up them at different angles. But they didn't. It's kind of disappointing in that respect. Oh, damn it! It's a pretty good game, otherwise. Yeah, it's it's neat. It is neat. I like the presentation. You know, the stark wireframe, black and white look, and it's, colors sometimes. Yeah, but you know, it's it. I like I like it, and, so, and some and some of the ideas are kind of cool. I, it's, I, I won't say them because it kind of spoils the game. Yeah. But, you know, some of the ideas are pretty neat. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and well, also another sort of failing of it, I suppose, was that it's sort of incomplete, but not 
sort of deliberately. It was like the developer just released it, but he wasn't really done with it. But he sort of left... He left too much teasing elements in there. And then later, uh, like after the game came out, people on Twitter were asking about it. And he was like, yeah, I... It was like, there's these pink cubes you can find and they're hidden in secret places. And everyone was like, oh shit, there's some Fez craft going on here. And we have to find all the secret pink cubes. And then people asked the developer on Twitter, he's like, yeah, I don't actually know how many pink cubes there are and they don't actually do anything. So it's <laughs> like, you should right. have really left them in. Brilliant. You left this thing in that everyone was going to obsess over, but there's no actual solution. Awesome. <laughs> and there's also another sort of similar thing where you can go down this series of incredibly difficult puzzles and it just leads to an empty room. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, that's actually where I was going to add some more content at some point. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> that's quite funny. At least he's, at at least least he's, he's told them. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least he keep it as a mystery so everyone can grind their head against it for hours. <laughs> that would be much funnier, though. I think I'd probably take the latter. Like, just let it go a bit longer. Like, have people try to figure it out, like, some kind of ridiculous game myth. Well, I mean, even just before that Twitter post came out, I I was reading a forum thread about it, and someone was like, if you stand in this specific place in this blank room and look in this direction, these little plus signs appear in the white floor, and it's only in this specific corner, there must be something going on. <laughs> it's like, no, that's just a graphical place. Some weird but... <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It was pretty funny. Awesome. So yeah, there was that. I finished it. It's like five hours long the first time through. People can apparently you can speedrun it in six minutes, which I well believe because what you know exactly where the portals lead and how to transverse that world. You could probably get the guns really quick and then just go straight to the end. Mm. Hmm. Or maybe there's ways to actually glitch. Well, like as I discovered, you can actually the like the last obstacle, which is another one of these block puzzles, to get to the the thing that's the end, which is basically. It becomes much more linear. It's just like a series of puzzle rooms you have to get through at that point. But these blocks that block you off are, you have to, you technically have to have the last gun upgrade to get through there, except you don't. You can actually do it with like the second to last gun upgrade, as I discovered accidentally. So you can easily bypass one of the steps that would take some extra time uh-huh. getting the fourth gun. You might even be able to do it with the second gun now that I think about it. It'd probably be a lot more difficult. So yeah. There are ways that you can speedrun the game to finish it in like six minutes, apparently, legitimately without glitching it. Fair enough. I bet if you can glitch it, I bet that's even faster. <laughs> you can probably just teleport straight to the end of the game. Judging by how the portals work. So yeah, that's that. Anything else? A Santa Chamber. Rob, you got anything else this week? Uh, you played a whole lot of uh, XCOM, really. Yeah, I played a lot of XCOM. I played some more COD blobs. Oh yeah. Quite a lot of multiplayer with Kippers. Um... You know, initially under the pretense that maybe my fiver would make the game slightly more bearable. <laughs> yeah, right. No, the bullshit is all over that game. It's like it's so frustrating because <laughs> underneath the networking crap is a really well put together game. It's I don't know like, who was I, more I think frustrated. Hit... You were all Rick. I was always Rick. <laughs> okay. Always Rick. I, I... Sorry, his head off. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. But <laughs> sorry, Gibbs. Um, but... I watched him live streams in DMC earlier. Uh, yes, that was quite in- interesting. He recommends that, by the way. He, he really liked it. Um, it's a bit weird live streaming, like let's playing or whatever, by yourself because you're too busy playing the game to talk about it much. Sometimes, yeah, he, 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 he bats off the chat though. It's yeah, that's the Twitch thing. He pays attention. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, he's pretty good at that. Um, uh, yeah, so I play a lot of that, and it's like 
it's highly frustrating because Rick got me into the trying or tr- trying to do this league play thing. The idea being that the um, the way that that works, it has like a ladder system. It's kind of more akin to how the old Halo Two ranking systems used to work. Mm. So you get rewarded for te- for your game wins, not necessarily your um, actual score. Yeah, not your personal. Uh, necessarily, necessarily your personal contribution to the thing. It's a, it's more of a team game, um, and it, it's clear that some teams in there are you know come up with some ridiculous tactics for certain levels and are uh, pretty good, pretty good at it. Which you know, it, there are certain tactics on certain levels. Like the one I was trying to explain to Zach how to do on the boat level. There's this underground thing, and if you just go down there with a squad of riot shield people and trophy systems, you can pretty much make it impossible for anyone to encroach on your space and it's like well that they've won this one shit um uh, but it's ter- it's matchmaking is kind of terrible in that it takes ages when you're in league mode <laughs> quite a few xbox games have taken ages to do that it's like some of the halo ones haven't been that great so. no no that like halo 3 was pretty bad for that but um, you know the matchmaking. It's, it takes ages to put you in a game, and it's like it's constantly reshuffling who's in and out of the game, desperately trying to, I, I assume, balance it or find decent connection scenarios. Um, and then it goes to the balancing teams thing, and it's always fucked. Like <laughs> one team who will have all the platinum league members, and it's like we'll be like iron and bronze, and it's like for starters, why the fuck did you match at all? people of that disparate skill levels together. Like, why did you think that was such a good idea? And then even when you did, why did you balance the teams in such a way that we were so bad? I mean, sometimes that's because obviously they've partied up. Yeah. And like the gold and platinum players are all on the same thing. But even then, sometimes you can have two separate groups, you know, identifiable by clan, I guess. And they've put them both on the same team against a squad of unranked or me, who's iron because I suck. And it's... (laughs) It's just awful. Like, that is not a fun experience. No one ever gets that right. No. For now. No, no, yeah. <laughs> it's Again. like Battlefield 3, the classic problem. It's like that. It happens every game. No one, and it's been going on for so long. How has like, no one how, worked it out yet? No right. How has Halo 2 been, like, one of the, still one of the best balancing systems there's been? It's, oh, it's, it's ridiculous. It's quite funny, really. Yeah. They can't work that out. I don't. I don't get it. It's especially considering how many stats they track as well. Yeah. <laughs> at this point, yeah, it, it is. They have so much data. Yeah, it is insane. I mean, the idea is that it's done on a ladder-based system as well. So if you're against people that are obviously of higher rank than you, and you lose, you don't lose quite so much as if you lose to people that were yeah uh, were much higher rank than you. So it does apply that logic to how you progress through the ladders, at least. Um, and maybe the idea behind putting you against tough players occasionally is to try and give you a ridiculous jump, or perhaps to, if you beat them, like to get you closer to what your actual skill rank is, I guess. But it's still highly frustrating. Highly, highly frustrating. So we went back to play, no, playing normal games, and I had a much better time. <laughs> Predictably. Yeah. Um, but it's just like... I don't think the net code in COD is very good. It still it still lags every now and then. It's peer to peer to peer gaming still sucks. Yeah, in general, dedicated it's, servers for them. Yeah, it's not you know it's still Except when they run out. And it still jumps about. And the worst thing is, is like as your phone won't shut down. <laughs> it's like the kill cams in in COD just highlight just how 
odd the game behaves because I haven't quite worked out what the kill cam is actually showing you, whether it's some uh, as what your console thought what happened or what the server thought that happened, or it's what like, the enemy thought, or what the enemy thought that happened. Yeah, exactly. I don't know quite what it's showing you, but but it, I, I don't think it's your personal copy of it because it always seems to look slightly different to me. Like I'll be dead before my bullets even fired when I know that I had actually fired stuff before dying. You know, sequences like that, you could, sometimes you could spray for a while, you know, you'd be terrible aim, for instance, and you don't particularly mind when you lose that snow. But then you go and watch the kill cam for it, and none of that happened. And you're like, you still feel a bit pissed off then. It's like, well, that, could I have played that out differently had the timings been right? Or uh, And sometimes just even the hit detection. Like, so a lot of end game kill cams, like, some people are really, really fucking good at sniping, naturally. It's like, I think they ruined the game, but whatever. <laughs> sniping always sucks. Um, Possible exception of TF. TF is okay, um, but you know sometimes you can see like the, the the shot is just completely miles away from where the actual guy was, and they died, and you're just like, but that's bullshit. Mm. And it's like it's it's so annoying, but at the same time, kind of you get you get both annoyed and kind of relieved because it's, it's, I don't feel like I'm terrible at that game anymore, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm frustrated by. And it doesn't feel like it, I'm frustrated by the fact that the game registers me as not doing well because what it thinks is going on just seems so wildly different from how I'm playing. Mm. And it's like, it's both relieving that I'm not that, you know, doing what it thinks I'm doing because I know that and it's like, I can see what happened. But frustrating that it's not rewarding me for what I, you know, or believing in what I did. It's, nah. Nah. Yeah. It's annoying. Because I really want to like that game. I kind of do. The structure is great. You know, how it's all set. It just plays poorly. And I think that's just got to be, like, fairly bad lag compensation code or, as you say, just peer-to-peer gaming. Just maybe it just doesn't work that well for a game of that speed. You mm. put it next to Halo 4, um, Halo 4, and that seems to play so much better. Mm. Even when you get the kill cam stuff, kind of makes sense. I don't know. Maybe you can't play at games of that speed with peer-to-peer connections. It's like maybe it just shows up all the network problems, like <laughs> exaggerated a million times. Yeah, probably. God damn it! But it's like that. you know, I get so worked up over it sometimes. You just end up finishing your gameplay at the end of the night, going, "Well, I had some good games, but overall that was a sucky experience." Mm. Why do I play multiplayer games? Why do I bother? Yeah. It's like I want to, but. Put out of probably because I liked the Halo 2 days and I still want that back and because TF2 is mostly okay and it's like why can't these games be? <laughs> One day. One yeah, day. so, you know. The network will blop, out. Blops is blops. Blops is blops. Um, play a bit more Sonic 4. Mm-hmm. Trying to do the special stages for that. Only a tiny bit. Did a tiny bit more Burnout Crash. That game gets hard and kind of annoying towards the end. Not surprising. It, that game gets annoying when it's hard because it's like scenarios you can't do fuck all about start happening. And, yeah. And it's like, just retry. <coughs> no, that happened in a way I couldn't deal with retry. The randomness of the collisions, you know, it's like, you know, it's not, it's not real random, I guess, but it's, uh, you know, just the way you bounce something off because you're a pixel to the left of where you want it to be, you know, it can be really frustrating and it's, and the targets get really hard if you want to try and get all the stars in the game. It's, uh, it's, yeah. 
a bit frustrating. So, you know, Burnout Crash gets worse the more you play it. <laughs> <laughs> Good to know. Um, that's pretty much it. I've been cool. playing, I, should, I should make an, a mention of Outwitters on the iPad. I've been playing a ton of that. It's like this, another turn-based strategy game, sort of asynchronous thing where, you know, you have a board and the idea is to, like, either destroy your enemy base or destroy all your uh, enemies' guys and you get a certain amount of move points and you can trade them in to build more things, bought more units or do things. And it's, it's sort of a chessy sort of game in a way or a advanced wars without the random chance elements. You know, you know it's, it's quite simple, but weirdly just keep playing it. <laughs> Even if I have okay. got most of my games into an insane stalemate. So if only they could make advanced wars, I've had. <laughs> yeah. Apparently there, there's a Battle of the Bulge game for iPad, which is apparently amazing, according to Eurogamer, which is pretty much Advance Wars, but it's like Battle historically, okay. historically accurate perfectly to where all the units were and stuff. So you huh. have to basically, it's always the same scenario. So you always have to play it the kind of the same way. Well, well, it's the real scenario, right? But you can try it. can you win it from the other side? Uh, yeah, you can be German and win, I think. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Uh, that might be worth checking out. Apparently hmm. it sounded really, really good. I played a little bit more Far Cry. Um, I attacked yeah. a base. Um, this is going to be one of these typical Far Cry stories. Attacked a base. I was thinning the guys out, but there were two of these like big ass motherfuckers with with the, the, the like heavy equivalent yeah. who have like uh, welding masks on, so you can't <laughs> right. snipe them very easily. So I was trying to get up and melee in with the uh, with the uh, takedown attack. Would get up behind them. Just go through welding. Oh, mask probably yeah. 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 Anyway, it was, yeah, it's a pointless universe. Anyway, so I was trying to go for the for the. Um, instant takedown. So I got up behind him, but the prompt wasn't appearing, and I was, I don't know why, I ended up like mashing the melee button and just swinging normally. And, <laughs> and then I cut into him from the back with the normal melee. I thought, oh great, now I'm screwed because he's going to turn around and kill me because that won't have done any damage. And then immediately a giant bear just mauls him. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? I didn't see this guy. I just ran like hell. <laughs> it was like, it was like, it was like, Right, uh, right. Stab in the back. Oh, it's a normal melee attack. Oh, great. Right, right. <laughs> this giant bear. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why he didn't go for me. Because straight at this enemy, I was like, right, I'm fucking up. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Well, that worked out well. So anyway, that was quite hilarious. <laughs> I thought I was going to have to reload, but then a bear just appears like completely. If I had any proof, blindsided. Yeah, blindsided by a giant bear that immediately murderizes that guy. <laughs> that was hilarious. That's yes. so cool. Yes, that was uh, Far Cry Experience of the Week. <laughs> Far Cry Experience of the week. of the Week. Find me in KOTOR 2 down on the green planet, which is a bit less grey, but still having problems with the bloody combat bigger bastard. Looking, yeah, forward, to, looking forward to new story. I saw your thing about, you know, your, your, the biggest problem, it seems, is getting your teammates to do what the fuck you want to yeah. do, not, not just aggro everything. Exactly. So, But once I get past that, I think I'll get to actually meet some Jedi's and get a lightsaber at long fucking last. So I'll report on that. How long are you into this? Uh, like 12 hours or something. Jeez. No, no, no. 10 hours, maybe. I think Yeah. Long. So you still haven't got a lightsaber. <laughs> I know. It doesn't take that long. I have to say, KOTOR 1 probably definitely dried out first, I yeah. would say. KOTOR 2 is a very slow burner, to say the least. But I'm sure I will end up liking it. <laughs> And it's, it's good. The writing is good, and some of the uh, performances are good. So we'll some, we'll see. Some, some of them. Some of the ones in that bit we were saying didn't seem that great. Yeah, that dude's weird. I only just met that dude. He's crack quite face. He's quite deadpan, crack face guy. Uh, but I'm sure he'll. He might come turn out to be awesome. 
Nice. Right, we're, I think, we're going to wrap this shit up. Yeah, so we haven't left you much time. That's no problem. That's kind of the end of the sidecast uh, for uh, this week. Um, join us again next time for uh, various new stuffs. <laughs> I'm sure. And there'll probably be some more Let's Plays up on the site. Or what do we call them? Things. It's just gameplay. Video things. Video things. Video like, things. Like type of gameplay at the moment. Just yeah. More, more, more there's two, there's two more Final Fantasy VII episodes to go up that we have. I haven't edited yet. We might even fix the site so you can actually go back and see the old ones from before the new ones up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that yet. Yeah. Uh, go to YouTube. New features. We're, yeah. called, we're called The Salad Cast, the salad cast on, YouTube. on YouTube. So check yeah. that out. But uh, for now, goodbye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Oh, girl.